0: Hello, I'm Jeff Lester, and welcome to Wait, What?, a comics and pop culture podcast coming to you from the not-so-solitary fortress that is WaitWhatPodcast.com. For the closest thing we've ever had to an April Fool's episode, these two fools, Graham McMillan and I, are joined by Chloe Maviel for a two-hour episode discussing the recent, and amazingly enough, real news about Marvel and Diamond, the Round Robin series Pitch Bracket from DC... 300,000 copies of one single Aliens comic, and much, much more. Plus, we also talk about John Wagner, Alan Grant, and Robin Smith, and their bogeyman Return to Casablanca, Kong vs. Godzilla, the poor vs. the rich in the trashy reality show Below Decks, good comics vs. bad comics vs. bad but really good comics, and much, much more. As always, we welcome your comments at waitwhatpodcast.com, your questions at waitwhatpodcast at gmail.com, and we invite you to look out for us on Twitter, Tumblr, Instagram, and Patreon. As always, we hope you enjoy, and thank you for listening. Jeff Lester! Oh my god, Graham
1: McMillan, you sound <laughs> amazing! Thank you, we decided to do an update.
0: Oh, that's excellent. You mean like to your...
1: Yes, I've been sucking on a lot of helium...
0: Well, I gotta say, it has done wonders for your accent too. That is, you're, I have to say, you're at least seventy to eighty percent. Now, now that we can talk candidly, I have to admit, I've been faking most of my responses for years. I couldn't really quite make out what you were saying, but you're clear as a bell now. It's a relief. Just a relief.
2: I, I am shooting you such tigers right now. I have no idea.
0: Oh, so sorry. Hey, Jeff. Graham, hello! And Chloe, my goodness. Hi, Jeff. How are you guys doing? Oh, it's, it's this is delightful. We uh, have the
2: weirdest audio setup right now. We have a microphone that, in theory, when it was equally spaced between the two of us, sounded like I was in another country. <laughs> I sounded like she was, like, eating the microphone.
1: It sounds so- like I'm eating his voice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so
2: right now I'm having to lean into a microphone like I'm an old school radio.
0: <laughs> I, I was about to say, I kind of see you guys doing that sort of Johnny and June Carter cash thing where you're I leaning like, yeah, yeah, that's, that's actually what it really looks like.
2: You don't
1: have to tell me twice. <laughs>
0: hello
2: anyway how are you doing
0: uh you know i i that's almost how i always start that's kind of my thing i was gonna uh, say yeah
2: this this means nothing now how I are guess. you doing and you're like ah, oh,
0: yeah mm, 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 mm. i'm trying for a for old charles nelson riley there i'm not sure if <laughs> uh you know i've got to say um work was kind of hideously long yesterday i think i i worked about 13 hours and then it turned out i had to do another two and a half to this morning so i'm a little punchy yeah it was it was just a thing it was like it was like a bad thing although the the best part about it i won't i won't put you guys through the whole misery of it.
2: wait first of all is this part of the podcast or are you gonna let everyone hear this
0: oh let everyone I think okay. it'll be okay. I don't think anyone else is from my. <laughs> I just
2: don't want you to get fired. No, there. no, 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 no. no.
0: I, th- believe me. Thank you, Graham. I, I'd like to think I'm not. I, as much as I would like to pretend that I'm a loose cannon on this here podcast, I don't. I don't think that's entirely true. Uh, so, so the thing is, is there was this whole complicated job that involves essentially getting together just a ton of documents in PDF format and then having to combine them paginate them and then more or less create an index on them and the problem was it turned out it went from being one index to three indices and the documents were spread all over the place and this was a case that had been going on for years and was moving into like the last sort of hail mary um bringing it before the the highest court that they they could to try and get the things reversed And so I had gone from being warned early in the week hey this index is coming and I'm going to need your help putting it together because you helped us three years ago put this thing together and as you may recall it was a nightmare and me going yeah that's okay we like ironed out all the you know bugs out of the formatting as I recall I got it all locked down all we need is the list of documents. And the problem being the documents were spread all over to Helen and back. And then what happened was the person who was in charge of putting those together for the attorney ducked out. So the attorney basically. Wait, wait,
2: wait, wait, what do you mean ducked out?
0: Oh, I'll tell you in a minute. Cause it's kind of a okay. punchline in a way. <laughs> so got another person involved to, to do the stuff, reached out to me. So in the course of basically those 12 or 13 hours, We exchanged like maybe three dozen emails in the course of how's this job come together, who's what, where, what's happening, why, okay, I've reached out to so-and-so, yada, 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 all under the, um, the same subject line as the person who bowed out of the job. And so the subject line was for these 36 to 48 emails, Ray, FYI, I have food poisoning. And so the (laughs) best part about this was as the job went on and on and on and on and on, it it was just, it was just the food poisoning job. So it was, it was, that was like the one silver lining was like. I'm
2: pretty sure sure the food poisoning job was the best episode of Leverage, but I could be wrong. (laughs)
1: That was, that was my favorite remake of the Italian job. Oh yeah, that would have been
0: great. You know, it's kind of a shame they did the Italian job, just didn't, like, they didn't have a bunch of direct uh, video sequels. I mean, didn't they do a a sequel? Wasn't there the
2: -er Italianer
0: job? Didn't they do You're making that
2: up for real.
3: I really
1: hope you're making that up.
0: I don't, I thought there was the, there there a sequel to the remake or a sequel to the original? No, 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 a sequel to the remake. No, I don't even think. I've not even seen the remake. The remake's
2: got Jason Tatham, right? Uh, the uh, the italian job yeah i don't
0: remember isn't it like isn't it i thought it was mark Wahlberg. like quick oh. everyone let's dreamcast this I, uh yeah. <laughs> this remake before we look it up i'm like it was it was don Cheadle it, oh, and God, it was, it mark was mark Wahlberg. Wahlberg. you're right and... it's
2: all we were both right mark Wahlberg, shirley sir edward norton and jason statham hey
1: that is a really unfortunate cast line
2: <laughs> isn't that no, something no uh, there, a sequel has been in development since 2004 but has yet to be produced
0: oh okay all right well i guess that's uh, that's my problem
2: thanks wikipedia
0: thank you yes indeed anyway <laughs> so it's a shame because i was hoping there was the italianer job and then hopefully the italianist <laughs> job
2: uh, the sequel is apparently called the brazilian job
1: the most uh, italianist
0: that's that's probably why it didn't get made. The Brazilian job, really? That's that's what they were going to go with. I'm, right? not, I'm not responsible for that. Oh, this. I'm judging you, Graham. I'm, <laughs>
3: let me tell you.
2: Wait, should we explain to the One like that our entire thing was that this was the episode closest to April Fool, and so April Fool was going to be the Chloe was replacing me? Like, uh, Should we explain
0: what's going on or not? Yes, yeah. No, I mean, okay, Graham. I feel like, of course, you just did.
1: But, yeah, no. <laughs> but, you, you... Just ruin the joke. Yeah, 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 yeah. I Otherwise, mean, people will be like, wait, why is Chloe
0: there? Why is, is she, it's what's happening with her? So, so, um, Graham, do you want to, who should introduce Chloe? Do you want to introduce yourself, Chloe? Is that, oh,
1: like,
0: good.
2: She's giving me such a look right now, you have no <laughs> idea.
0: Uh,
1: say hello to everyone. Hello, wait, what, listeners? <laughs> <laughs> I'm Chloe, uh, maybe and
2: uh i wanted you to pronounce her name because oh, tu- yeah. when you asked earlier how to pronounce her name yeah it turned out i've been pronouncing her name <laughs> wrong
0: oh really oh thank yeah. god i've been
2: yeah. maviel the entire time and it's yeah. name
0: maybe yeah yeah
2: so there you go um yeah okay so you can get back to your introduction
1: uh i don't know i don't know how to introduce She's myself oh i'm i'm uh a... no. Nope. <laughs> i am also a comic critic you're the co
2: editor of Neotext.
1: Yes, and uh, I'm also Graham's partner. Hey! And, so, and,
2: we, and we thought it would be funny to, to have you replace me. Except... I'm a
1: joke. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I realized after I suggested it, I'm like, oh, that sounds so bad. Oh,
3: like, oh, you no, know. Oh, no, I was thrilled.
2: Oh, uh-huh. well. I, I did think it was lovely that Edie thought that it was upsetting and a joke, and that didn't occur to any of the three of us.
0: Yes. <laughs> Yeah, it it is it is kind of a shame that uh, that Edie is not joining us. Um, but we were talking about it earlier, and I was like, "Yeah, but we're we're probably going to be going full nerd." And she's like, "Yeah, I don't I don't want to be there for that." I don't. <laughs> she know. knows better. She's like, "That's not But I but I was thinking for a moment, and I almost suggested this that that what we could do, and maybe we'll maybe this will happen again. Who knows? Is eat dinner while we were talking to kind of give it that feel of <laughs> is this
2: your way of saying you haven't had dinner yet
0: uh yeah that is that's 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 my my clever way of saying that i ordered delivery Jeff, and it'll be here in please, 10 minutes
2: is it really please tell me that's true please tell me that's not a joke
0: what, i i feel so confused graham it is a joke it is a joke i uh, i
2: was really hoping that your delivery would arrive in the middle of the podcast wouldn't and
3: that be, be like, great you, you two just yeah. carry it for a while <laughs>
0: Yeah, I no, but I thought it would be, a part of me was, like, I thought it would be kind of fun, like, this idea of, like, you know, because it's almost like we're all sort of sitting around blabbing at dinner. Because one of the things that is kind of funky about this is, like, Chloe is so, for me, in that liminal zone of, like, I feel like i know you chloe from our interactions which have not been many and also social media and it and so it totally gives that kind of um i just realized i'm like oh maybe maybe if we were actually eating food or something it would it would kind of give like a weird context
2: Okay, but here's the thing, Jeff. You and I have recorded a podcast in the same room before, and we both hated it because we couldn't meet each other's gaze while we were recording the podcast.
3: (laughs) Oh, yeah. I mean – That's not a joke.
2: Jeff and I have recorded podcasts together, and we literally of oh, staring at each other it, it's, really awkwardly. It's awkward great. The entire we both time. look at
0: each other's Aww. knee or something. It's been yeah. so bad. Yeah. I've been so freaked out about it.
2: That's adorable,
1: you
0: guys. <laughs> it, took, it took seriously. I think it took we – did. we we've done it for like three years, and I think finally by the third year, we could more or less briefly look at one another. But it was just... That's
1: the middle-aged man rom-com shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly I, guess so. I guess so. I guess so. Yeah, (laughs) deeply Victorian, but yes. So, uh, but but I was thinking, no, no, no. What I meant was that we would eat dinner while while doing this. I'd eat on my side, you guys eat on yours. And if it wasn't for the fact that you guys would have to listen, and the listeners would have to hear my horrible masticating noises, which is why I decided not to suggest it, I thought it would kind of give that kind of fun, but also slightly different dynamic. Because, you know, Graham and I you have to admit we we kind of have a routine and chloe is only the third person that we've ever had on the show so I you mean, are You're the third guest
1: yeah. you have a routine and i'm here to fuck it up
0: there we go like...
2: this <laughs> is <laughs> what we <laughs> want it's we already happened had steve englehart we've had you
1: yeah first woman <laughs> <laughs> claimed it <laughs>
0: You know, I think you might actually be the first uh, non-bearded guest as well. I think. I mean, I haven't seen. You don't
1: I, know me, Jeff. Well, I you was don't about to say. That well,
0: I. I mean, <laughs> unless you power lifted so hard a couple of days ago that like things burst out of your chin, which from the photos I have oh to say God. I can't she was rule such a
2: out. When you said that she was like? <laughs> uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Absolutely
0: true. You you
2: you really are into her doing powerlifting like I, th- I you've said this you've talked about this before about how absolutely <laughs> great you think it is
1: yeah it's awesome it is It's totally because scary. you aren't right there listening to my dinosaur noises like <laughs> Graham oh, just i don't stands know. there stairs
2: oh my god no what i love is <laughs> i love your choice of music because there really was a couple of days where she was just <laughs> listening to two songs on repeat
0: oh yeah for right like to- an hour that's that's kind of like the only way to exercise though. What, well, can I ask what the two songs were? Is that is that like Well,
1: one time? one was the new Lil Nas X song, the Montero one, because mm. it's just it's just really really good. But also uh Steely Dan?
0: Oh, no.
2: What? <laughs> oh. Have you seen the Suicide Squad trailer? Yes. So Dirty Work so, from the Suicide Squad oh, trailer. You
0: know, that makes sense. Okay, that's fine. Which is perfect that trailer. I really have to say that tra- I know James Gunn is going to trick me out of my money again, but that trailer is so was so enjoyable uh at just about every level for me. So, um that's fine. That's great. I remember I remember uh um I re- I remember actually spending 30 minutes on a treadmill um listening to nothing but Big Pimpin like for, <laughs> I think it was half an hour. Okay what yeah talk, talk me through this wait I know like all of a sudden everyone's <laughs> like okay let's let's make, let's make jeff explain his life choices I just I feel self-evident i was I figured you'd either both laugh or I get the oh yeah I've done that you know what I mean like it just makes no, sense like no, 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 no.
2: okay did you start thinking I'll listen to this once and then you just kept hit, kept hitting repeat or did you go into it going like listen there's only one thing I can do is get me through half an hour.
0: Okay. uh, Honestly, I will tell you um, uh, that a lot of it really had to do with the fact that this was in the pre iPod days and I had a, I had a gorgeous little... I don't even remember what the MP3 player is called anymore. Oh, I, I, I thought you were going to say Discman
2: first Was it like
1: a Zune?
0: Yeah, I think... No, it wasn't as... What was the... Wasn't there another one outed at the round at the same time as the Zune? Like, the Zune was the Rio. I think it was like the Rio oh, 500
1: God. or something, right? <laughs> or poor bastard.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so so I was listening on that, and I started. I started running on the treadmill... I started playing that song and in the the mistake of setting things up instead of listening to the playlist on repeat um it was basically it was basically <laughs> the song on repeat and when I went to to reach it my my Feebled, sweaty hands were so miserable it slipped out of my grip and landed. Wait, 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 wait,
3: wait. <laughs> you're,
2: you're,
0: you're saying your story is you listen to Big Pippin for half an hour on Trimble <laughs> by mistake. No, well, oh, oh, I see. This somehow gets worse. I mean, no, It was, the first time was intentional, the next.
3: <laughs> The
0: next 27 and a half minutes were an unfortunate accident, which admittedly I could have stopped if I had been willing to pause the treadmill, but I was like, I was so determined to push through it. And I mean, I think you guys know, like, there's a lot of things that, to, 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 uh, in favor of big pimpin, but it is not what you would call like a, an extensively, um, uh, differentiated score, you know what I mean? Like it's basically the same four bars over and over again for 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 basically the rest of your fucking life if you're doing it while on a treadmill for half an hour. So that was this is my attempt to see, like, see Graham, I know what it's like to push through pain. Not unlike Chloe.
1: So, Chloe, how long have I, you been no, holding for? I, I feel like I'm, no, we're not. We're not just moving oh, past. Oh
0: man! This okay, all right. Please, please, let's revisit. First of yes. all,
1: I think if you, I think if you, the first ten minutes of big pimpin' it's still big pimpin', and yeah. then we get back to the Italian job problem. where at twenty minutes. It's bigger pimpin'. <laughs> <laughs> and then Thirty minutes of big pimpin' is the biggest pimpin', and I'm ninety nine percent sure. That after 30 minutes of that song, Jay Z just appears like Bloody Mary and solves oh. all 99 of your problems.
0: <laughs> That's right. You've got 99 problems, but this Rio 500 ain't one. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that that is that is that is probably the. the We're also
2: very very close to my dream for this, which is you including a duet on something.
0: Oh, both <laughs> like to sing. It's probably not going to be Big Pimpin', I have to say. It's, oh. Understandably, it's been a while since I've listened to it. So.
1: We'll combine Dirty Work and Big Pimpin' and do I Don't Want to Do Your Big Pimpin'. <laughs> Ooh,
0: I don't want to do your Big Pimpin' anymore. I don't. I, I swear <laughs> to God, I can't even imagine the poor person listening to this podcast, and and by that I mean me tomorrow editing it. But I, I think I also mean everyone listening.
2: I, I want to apologize to you, Jeff, in advance for. <laughs> I'm sure the audio levels in this podcast are going to be really difficult, so uh, I genuinely I, apologize.
3: That's what. That's not,
2: just let Jeff off with the fact that Chloe and I are gonna sound really inconsistent.
1: Yeah, Graham sounds like a late night NPR guy and I sound like uh, a frantic Muppet. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but what but and then when they put you in front of a microphone, <laughs> <laughs> it's,
3: it's, it's such
0: a Graham joke, I can't believe I'm glad you're not on camera right now,
2: Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Jeff, talk more about the Suicide Squad trailer. We're, we're a nerd podcast. Say something nerdy.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, you know, it's funny. I did think that there has certainly uh, not been a deficit of comics news the last couple of weeks. So I realized. That,
3: shit. right.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, yeah.
2: Before we were like, you know, what are we going to talk about? And I was like, oh, wait. There was the Suicide Squad trailer. Then there was the other Suicide Squad trailer. Because you know there was a second one, right? Or maybe you don't.
0: I, I don't think I did know that.
2: There was a second Suicide Squad trailer. <laughs> Which uh, is
3: yeah.
2: very different from the first one. Hmm. I think it's pretty different. She's, she's unconvinced. Um, there was the Space Jam trailer, of course. Who doesn't like a Bugs Bunny film that's also got the Dukes from Clockwork Orange and Pennywise in it?
0: Yeah, right.
2: <laughs> um, and there was the Marvel News. Hmm. There was the fact that Aliens sold 300,000 copies because we're in bizarre World. <laughs> Like, that's genuinely weird, right?
0: Well, I think, I
2: think like for real. That's the, a that's insanely high, even for a loot crate.
0: Well, I mean, I think. Well, first off, loot cr- is. I guess loot crate is still around, right? Just because I, mean, it's I probably, see yeah, it's probably
2: not yeah. loot crate, but but it's you know the 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 theory from everyone seems to be that there's some sort of deal that someone else has bought up.
1: There's oh, tons okay. of subscription boxes that 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 include shit like that. Right, and so we yeah, got jammed.
3: In there.
2: No, no offense, Aliens is not the thing that everyone wants to be buying right now. Surely,
1: plus
0: there were thirty-three covers, right? So,
2: yeah, thing like that, yeah,
0: yeah
2: um... it's, uh, Predator was was postponed. A Marvel, I don't know if you saw that. I,
0: I did see that. Um, yeah, although... Predator,
2: Predator yeah. Omnibus have been like postponed until November.
3: hmm mm-hmm.
2: Um, what else has happened? What else has that been happening lately? I
0: mean, that is, those are the small, I just love those are the smallest tip of the iceberg. Like, because no, it's just been that, so are, so Like, long.
2: the last few weeks has been insane.
0: Yeah, for- like Diamond, like the whole thing about. Yeah, yeah. the the Marvel, yeah. the Marvel Diamond uses is,
2: is wacky, Jeff. Yeah. Is, is genuinely bonkers. And is bonkers in such a way that everything that we were saying was going to happen with DC and Diamond last year and didn't. Yes. Might genuinely happen with Marvel and Diamond.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, um, uh, who, who wants to lay it out? Do, Graham, do you want to do you want
3: to summarize? Um... Sure.
2: Like the, the the straightforward version of the story is: starting in October, Marvel is no longer going to be distributed by Diamond. It's going to be distributed by Penguin Random House Publisher Services, or the wonderful acronym PRHPS, which. <laughs> Let me tell you, as someone who was writing about that this week, I've written a lot. And there comes a point where P-H-R-P-S literally stops making sense. <laughs> Not that it makes a lot of sense beforehand, but really, it's a weird acronym.
0: Yeah. Um, if they anyway. flipped it around, it could be like, perhaps, but it doesn't What's really games? work it's out. kind of, it is.
2: Like, P-R-H-P-S. No, it is perhaps.
0: Oh, perhaps. Hey! I did it.
2: <laughs> okay, I invented well, an acronym. Uh, Yay! Okay. <laughs> okay. but yeah, that's happening in October. Um and there's there's a bunch that goes into this. It means the penguin is for the first time a direct market distributor for single issues mm-hmm. uh as a result, perhaps as we're now calling them, is setting up its own direct market sales team wow. in a new office which just happens to be seventeen minutes drive from the diamond headquarters, <laughs> which is really some some wonderful bullshit right there
0: yeah
2: um and So Diamond's basically fucked, right? Mm
0: -hmm.
3: Like,
2: legitimately, Diamond is fucked. The sales figures for Diamond have been really weird, like, in the last six months or so. But the last time there were estimates were October last year, and at that point, Marvel represented 61% of Diamond's
3: business.
2: Ooh, wow. So 61% of Diamond's business is going away Mm -hmm. in October, in six months. That's not good.
0: Right, you know, and taken in tandem with DC, it's something like, what,
3: 85%? It's,
2: some, something? it's something like 85% of yeah. its business. Diamond will have lost in less than a year.
3: Ooh,
2: wow. Uh, which, you know, is bad. And it's bad for a company that, even before this, people didn't think was solvent. Right. Right? Like, Diane Nelson from DC outright said that Diamond was probably not solvent last year when DC split. hmm
3: mm-hmm.
2: Right? So that's, you know... Genuinely, what is what is going to happen to Diamond is the big worry because Diamond is still the exclusive distributor of Image, of Dark Horse, of Boom, of I think IDW as well, and of Dynamite.
0: Right. right. Al- although I think um, friend of the podcast Todd Allen pointed out to me in an email, I think Dynamite's the only is the newest of that group and is therefore yes. the one that's most likely to still be locked into.
2: Contract, right? I I can tell you right now from talking to certain people that um, Diamond is not renegotiating contracts with any publisher. Oh, really? Yeah.
0: Well, but are, did, did the contracts already end? Is there any chance that, the, that I, people are out contracts? I am
2: under the impression mm-hmm. that every publisher I just mentioned is still under exclusive contract with Diamond. Oh, boy. Wow. Which is not good because Diamond could fail. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which, on the one hand... Great, it means those publishers are out of exclusive. Like, you can't have an exclusive with a company, it doesn't exist. But on the other hand, think, oh, about, yeah, think of all the retailers and all the mm-hmm. publishers that Diamond owes money to that might then go under. Boy. Like, did you see Brian Hibbs wrote uh, a Facebook post about this where he estimated that if Diamond goes under, six publishers will remain? Whoa. Put that in some perspective, there are more than 100 publishers in the last previous catalogue.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's bad. I was talking to uh, someone in a publisher that will remain nameless, and they said that if Diamond goes under, they expect thirty percent of all direct market stores to close.
0: Yeah, right. Which is just, just so that
2: I mean, that's genuinely bad. Mm-hmm. So the question really becomes, how does Diamond stay alive? Because we may need Diamond stay alive to keep the direct market alive.
0: Um, yeah, yeah, uh, and that's a good question. I know that a lot of people have thrown around the suggestion that they, you know that their toys and games provide them a certain amount of um, of income and influx, um, although not nearly Do they provide enough. them that much? Well, I mean, I don't know. They're, they're much higher price points for all of those items for the most part, so you know, I I, I mean I, I can't imagine I mean, unless it's one of those I, because, simply because of the way that Diamond the catalog is organized, it seems unlikely that that say the comic books are say only thirty percent of how Diamond makes their nuts, rather than sixty or seventy percent.
2: Yeah, I'd be Mm -hmm. stunned if, if comic books aren't at least half, if not significantly more than half.
0: Right. Right. I think that seems like a pretty safe bet. But you know, again, part of me is like I People, we don't we don't really know those numbers. It's interesting that no one's like. I'm like, maybe the people who are planning on you know licensing DC should just you know try and you know buy Diamond instead. You
2: know? remember when DC had the option to buy Diamond?
1: I was about to say, wasn't that a thing?
2: Yeah, but that that, that went away. That went away in a contract mm-hmm. negotiation, maybe ten years ago. Mm-hmm. I thought that was still thing way back when DC left Diamond, and I thought it'd be really funny if DC left Diamond and then bought Diamond. <laughs> <laughs> but I was
0: assured by multiple people that wasn't
3: that
2: option
0: anymore. Yeah, that, that wasn't gonna be on the table, which is which is kinda of funny. I mean well, the other
2: thing about this talking about D C is D C is not exclusive to any distributor. So if Penguin Random House wants to go after D C they can.
0: Mm-hmm. hmm Yeah. Which, which I mean you would they, have to think that they They've got to be thinking about it. Yeah, sure. Because isn't isn't there a thing where wasn't Lunar throwing in the towel on distributing DC or did I? I know
2: uh, it was the other one. It was. Um, I honestly can't even remember the name of the IBS. other one. IBS was it, wasn't that the acronym? <laughs> yes, it was IBS. Oh, okay, IBS was distributing DC. <laughs> that sounds like a joke about Infinite Frontiers quality, right there. But...
3: <laughs> <laughs> um,
2: yeah, whoever it was the the non the non Lunar one. Um, throwing this out um, no I mean if nothing else Random House has to be looking at someone else like Marvel only puts out 70 books a month why would you set up an entirely new department for 70 comics and like 40 trades a month that makes no sense
0: well I mean sure I mean you know you start growing it I mean I th-
2: that's, what I'm that's what I'm saying they have to be looking at someone else they can't just want to do it for Marvel mm-hmm because that's nuts. That that make that's insane to me. Um, yeah. But I, honestly, who knows, right? Mm-hmm. And at this point, who knows how well uh, Penguin is going to do as a distributor? Yeah, because there's been all manner of retailers who already get stuff from from Penguin Random House as a bookstore distributor who are like the quality of their shipments is shit. Like, I talked to a couple of retailers, and both of them said, it's worse than Diamond. It's almost as bad as Amazon. Ooh, wow. Oof. Which is not a good sign. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, and although I should say that I've talked to people from Random House who are more or less saying, we know, we're aware of this, we're fixing it. Mm-hmm. But, like, what is fixing it look like? <laughs> you know, like, there, it there's... It sounds there's, like... There's,
0: it's, it's opening so an dope. office like uh just a few miles down the road from uh from I love that seventeen <laughs>
2: minutes away from Diamond's headquarters. Yeah. It's,
1: it's the most petty thing. It is so
2: petty, isn't it? It's really petty. It's, <laughs> it's
1: like it's you could just weird. drive down the road. Yeah. You could come right here. <laughs> and um,
2: there was a, there was a Steve Jeppy statement after this was announced that was hilarious, where he's like, I'm so glad we're still gonna be able to sell Marvel Comics. And everyone was like did you not read what? the names? <laughs> like, like, and it turns out he's talking about as a wholesaler. Mm, yeah, this Diamond is still going to be a wholesaler for Marvel, for retailers who don't want to work with Penguin Random House, or, get this, can't, because Penguin Random House has specific terms that these needs people to agree to in order to be retailers.
0: Right, right. So, so this could they really... They themselves have to be financially been, solvent.
2: But this, this could really fuck other... Like, if a retailer doesn't Qualify for Penguin Random House's terms, mm-hmm. and so they have to buy through Diamond. First of all, Penguin Random House has set a lower discount than Diamond has, right? And then you'll have to pay that lower discount and whatever the Diamond cost is.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: So this is really, really, really hurt.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. You
2: know, so it's it's there's a lot that's that's unknown. Yeah, that's like. That's, that's bacon news. That's, that's genuinely could change slash destroy the comics industry news.
3: Mm -hmm, mm
0: -hmm.
2: But again, we said that about DC.
0: Well, sure, sure. But I mean, but, but that's sort of, I mean, I think there's a little bit to be said.
2: You're like, it's part two of the same story.
0: (laughs) Well, I mean, there's that. But I, I I also do think that there is a, I mean, for, for me, I kind of feel that, uh, um, that there's a lot of retailers who are super big Marvel fanboys. You know what I mean? And so...
2: Yeah, yeah. No, because, like, when DC went... They, they moved distributors in the middle of a, a pandemic where Diamond wasn't even open.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And the retailers were like, what about Diamond? Right. Oh, God, they're, they're, they, hate, they hate stores. Why do they hate stores? Why do they hate the direct markets? Oh, no, they're going to try and destroy everything. Right. And then Marvel literally, genuinely threatens Diamond's existence. And all I've seen from retailers publicly is, with the exception of Fibs, is, well, I guess they had to do something. At least we're going to get free, free freight. Right. Free yeah, freight. It, it, it's so strange seeing the difference uh, in responses.
0: Yeah. Because so,
2: the, the Marvel one seems like the more dangerous move, to be perfectly honest. Oh,
0: well, I, again, I in a way, I think for the same reasons. But, you know, uh, so I, I feel like another component that, that sort of semi gets discussed around the fringes, which is to say I'm just not well-read enough to know if it, it's a, a thing or a rumored thing, is the idea that Penguin, that perhaps... Was offering um, inroads to selling comics on a non-returnable basis in the bookstores. Is that is is that a thing, or is that just something that I, I have not I have
2: not seen anyone. Uh, I'm trying to think of a nice way of saying this. I'm not seeing anyone who actually knows the details to talk about that, okay. which makes me think that everyone's imagining
0: mm-hmm. it. Okay.
2: Like I've talked to people at Penguin. I've talked to people at Marvel. I've talked to people at Diamond. Mm-hmm. And no one has mentioned that once.
3: Okay. And we
2: talked about a bunch of things,
3: mm-hmm.
2: and no one's brought that up once.
0: Okay. Okay.
2: Uh, and you. certainly, certainly, the agreement that Marvel has with Penguin is for the direct market specifically.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: And so I feel like that would, if they were doing it to bookstores, that would break the agreement. Mm-hmm. Right. Penguin Random House officially has the exclusive worldwide distribution rights. To the direct market. That's it. Penguin Random House does not even have bookstore distribution for Marvel's collections. Mm. And will not. I talked to Marvel. That's staying where it is. It's not going to Penguin Random House. Hmm. So the idea that they'll sell comics to bookstores feels like it can happen. Mm -hmm. Or if it does happen, then they would have to classify the bookstores as direct market. Which feels all manner of problematic.
0: Well, sure. Although I guess if they were buying it on a non-returnable basis, would it technically become? I I don't know.
2: I don't know. I genuinely don't know. Mm -hmm. Um, But definitely, no one I've spoken to has talked about that. Although both Marvel and and Penguin Random House are talk about the idea that this will strengthen and grow the direct market. <laughs> and that's a great quote: "Strengthen and grow." Right. Oh, so, right. so what does growing the direct market look like?
0: Yeah, if it's turning right. the bookstores into the direct market, I guess that, by our wacky definition.
2: Um... I'm trying to think of a nice way of saying how. Why would bookstores want the comics?
0: No, 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 no. no. I agree. It. It. How do I? No, but it, like for real, like no, again, no, no. Marvel
2: puts out 70 books a month, which is not a lot. Not from in my mind enough to set up an entire department for, mm-hmm. but. In what world would, you know, uh, uh, I was going to say Barnes & Noble. Does Barnes & Noble still exist? I don't even know what bookstores still exist anymore, Jeff. Mm-hmm. But, like, does Barnes & Noble want, I mean, does he even want Amazing Spider-Man and X-Men?
0: Well, right? I mean, so, well, he, uh, you would think that they would know based on the sales of their trades, which based on the book scan numbers are not great. But the answer is no,
2: they don't.
0: Yeah, but but who knows? There could be I mean, that's the thing that I think is interesting is I don't necessarily know if if bookstore buyers are particularly educated about the direct market. I mean, you know, we walked out of uh, cries that the pandemic was going to destroy the comic industry and comics had a really good year. I don't, I don't know how bookstores measured up to that, but I can yeah. see if they don't have people who are really aware of how the direct marketplace uh, works looking at those numbers and thinking to themselves like, you know, everybody goes to these Marvel movies. We can't sell these trades, you know, for the life of us. You know, and somebody who is slick enough might convince a chunk of them that the reason why is because everyone buys the individual issues. You know, I mean, I don't. This is, I'm, you know, as is my. This is another Jeff Anon, you know, level theory that I don't <laughs> think anyone should in any way take seriously or, or, or count oh, on. Okay,
2: but, but let's, like, let's game this out of it. If. Why haven't? Why hasn't Diamond tried to turn bookstores, even like not even chain bookstores, independent bookstores, into direct market accounts?
0: Because they're the laziest people alive. <laughs> so so is everyone else involved in the direct marketplace. Like those, mar- they're marketing people. Every step of the comics industry is founded on a pillar of sloth. I think Pillar's too nice a work pillow, a pillow of sloth, you know, like that's that's how the industry works. Like you got to have somebody who's actually afraid of the impending collapse of their market who is not lazy, which is to say like, you know, the New York publishing industry and their distribution arms who are panicking like shit being like we gotta sell something. These comic books are selling like, and I'm not saying that that's the case. I'm just saying, like, believe me, your argument, Graham, that the reason why that Diamond hasn't done it, therefore, it, it you know, it's it couldn't be done, is, you know, amazing on the face of it. <laughs> so.
1: That laziness is kind of the ends up being their their downfall overall because it, really there's such a popularity with Marvel because of the movies, mm-hmm. but the majority of the people that enjoy those movies that have never really gotten into comics mm-hmm. are much more willing to go to like a Barnes and Noble mm-hmm. or their local bookshop and get the collected editions of things than they are to go to a comic their local store.
2: But are they willing to go and buy a single issue?
1: Well, I mean, they, the majority of people that I know that I've tried to be like, "Hey, if you really like that movie, you should try and go check out like here's a whole list of really cool comics that are out right now that you'd probably enjoy if you like that." And they're like, "Uh, eh, I don't right. want to." Yeah, right. No. So, but they'll they'll sure shit go by the collected editions of stuff. And
2: mm-hmm. that's why Civil War has
0: been a bestseller for
3: <laughs> years.
1: <laughs> and that's the only reason.
0: Yeah. <laughs> pretty, pretty much. <laughs> I you know, I, I I think there is just something. I mean, I think that again, Marvel is so horrible in their publishing practices that they could have actually had a made a semi healthy trade market. So, I mean, that's certainly that involves books and in trade, exactly. Exactly. Do you, exactly do like you
2: know? Made. Do you know? One division happened, and the division Scarlet Witch isn't in print. No. For real. Really? The okay. Vision of Scarlet isn't in print. Wow. I think that would be the easiest thing mm-hmm. to actually plan out.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's a shame. Shit. I was just thinking, since we were talking about, wait, what podcast guest number two, Steve Englehart, I'm like, ah, I hope he's seen some decent royalties off of that. And of course, there's not even a motherfucking trade out. Wow. That's just great just great anyway so yes there may be some some movements around and who knows maybe that's also the level of marvel needs a way to break out but they cannot do it by entering the returnable market so you know maybe this if this starts to build any kind of of bridges if perhaps has any kind of of connections, you know, on the bookstore distribution, it starts becoming something that they can dangle. I mean the thing that also sucks is is that Marvel is most people have so many associations with Marvel that, you know, is not necessarily tethered to reality like marvel being a well-run business you know what i mean like there's just a lot of stuff that people are going to believe because they see marvel movies everywhere and just assume that that kind of maps all the way across the you know i mean it's it's kind of like i was gonna say it's like it's like that jim carrey movie where he plays twins and i'm like wait a minute hold on i think i'm hallucinating jim carrey movies now yeah, I, what
2: what movie is that?
0: Jeff? Yes, I know. I was going oh, to riff on oh, oh, it. Extensively. More importantly,
2: more importantly, a what is the name you've given this movie? <laughs> and B, what era of Jim Carrey is it? Because in oh. my mind, it's like it's like Dumb and Dumber era Jim Carrey. See,
0: that's it. It was it's like Dumb and Dumber, as if he were playing both roles. Uh, which I mean, it's called Dumb
3: and
1: Dumb. Dumb and still dumb. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's the new name for wait, what? It does not look so great. Dumb and Dumb as well. Two tickets, please, for Dumb and Dumb as well. Um, yeah, I, I, I. Okay, I was mistaken. I know the movie I was thinking of, but I refuse to. I refuse oh, to. Mention oh God, it.
3: please.
0: What? Uh, oh shit! I'm see. This is why I can't mention it because I can't remember the name of it. So, what else is uh... like to. It's hold on, give me a second. No, that spoils the joke. What's this? It was going to be the sappy, serious one about him, and is it a movie theater? Like you know, it was it was filmed in. Oh shit! I know the one you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. it was filmed in the like, Majestic. Yes, the, the Majestic. I think that's it. Yes, exactly, exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. The his like super sappy, sentimental one. Cloy you know, has
2: never given me such a disappointed look as she did when I said, "Is the majestic?" <laughs> so <laughs> thanks I, for that.
0: Actually, she's looking yeah, up right now. Isn't I was the about to say it is the majestic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Okay. Uh huh. Yeah, that oh, was boy.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh why, why
0: boy, Jeff.
1: Tell, tell us all. Two
2: thousand
0: one.
1: It's the 20th
2: anniversary. Let's get a 20th anniversary reissue of The Majestic.
1: I got as far as scanning it where it says rising Hollywood screenwriter Peter Appleton, Jim Carrey, is blacklisted in (laughs) the red scare. And then I had to stop.
0: (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's directed by Frank Darabont. So, which is, you know, was a, a a lapse for him. It sort of makes sense why I was like, yeah, the Jim Carrey Serious movie, uh, what well, was it, it called? And Frank I kept thinking Darabont... the Shawshank Redemption. But, didn't um...
2: Darabont do The Walking Dead for the first season?
0: Yeah, I did. In fact, he's still trying to get paid for that. So, um, yeah. Well, oh, he... the third
2: spin-off comes on here.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, oh. no, they, 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 they in, in, we'll see how those those things work, but yeah, they so screwed him. But yeah, no, he. That
1: show's didn't... still going.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Oh it's only boy!
2: It's ten or something, or something. Yeah. You were one of those viewers who liked it, and then you stopped, right?
1: Oh no, absolutely not, not me. Okay. Not I. Jeff, Jeff liked the comic. I made it through the first volume of the comic, and I was like, "Boy, howdy, this Kirkman guy really has a future going for him." And, and, then, <laughs> and then, and then watched. I was like, "Oh." fuck, I'm done. Everybody's just sad and they're zombies.
0: Yeah.
2: Like, yeah, that's yeah. it.
1: That, that is, is
0: it. the
2: entire appeal of the comic. Which yeah. read every single issue of. <laughs> <laughs> every single issue.
3: I, oh, I, I yeah. love the fact,
0: this is great. This is like one of those um, strange twist of fate things where Chloe steps in the way to avoid me being sideswiped by Graham and he, he somehow manages... To use the momentum from the swerve to like hit me with the back of the car as it goes Just by, like
2: imagine trolley problem, but like I managed to use the momentum of me turning this, the lever yes. to push it forward
0: onto you. Yeah, yeah, exactly I mean, to pin down I... my arm.
1: But see, when it comes to when it comes to Kirkman stuff, if it makes you feel better, you liked The Walking Dead, but I read all of Battle Pope. Which was a mistake. <laughs> oh,
0: man. Like, when it came out, as it was being issued, Oh,
1: yeah. I still have all of them. They're oh, no. terrible.
0: <laughs> they could take you a fortune.
1: Oh, probably. You could probably sell
2: those for, for actual cash money now. Oh, I
1: really feel bad surprised. for the eBay people.
0: Yeah, that's right. <laughs> please include a note of apology. Like, <laughs> dear Speculator6549, I am so sorry that I fleeced you. Um. Yeah.
1: <laughs> when he's not leading Mass, he's out kicking ass, and I'm incredibly sorry about that. <laughs> Just on a little sticky note with a bow. Is that actually the tagline?
2: Oh, yeah. <laughs> wow. you know, Choices were made. As
1: a lapsed Catholic, let me tell you, he knew how to pull us in.
2: <laughs> uh, do you remember, you, okay, you've read a lot of 2080. Oh, yeah. Have you read Mark Miller's Cannon Fodder? No. No. It's the. Have you? You've heard of Cannon fodder, right, Jeff? Uh, I think the screen like you're there.
1: Yes.
0: <laughs> like like, like I'm gonna be right there. The the Poor Graham. You're, you're like having one face there and one face not is giving you such cognitive dissonance. Like we uh, should just get a gif of me nodding my head that you can put. But are,
2: are you familiar with Cannon fodder for real? I am not. Okay, so Mark Miller has a has a uh, an ongoing tendency to go. Because I'm religious, because I have faith, I can write comics about God. So his first thing was called Savior, which was – you've heard of Jonathan Ross, the the Abridged TV show host, right? Yes. So his first thing, Savior, is literally what if the Antichrist comes back to life and he looks like Jonathan Ross? (laughs) That's that's, that's genuinely the hook of the comic.
0: Of course it is. Right? Of course it is. Uh, But
2: he's also a superhero, uh, and there's God who's a homeless guy.
1: What if God was one of us? <laughs> but here, here's the
2: here's the twist. At issue five. Here's the twist. At issue five. You ready? The yes. homeless guy is just crazy, and he's not Jesus after all.
1: No boy, Oh, howdy. My God! Imagine.
2: Uh, and then he did chosen. Uh huh. Right, but right. between the two of them, he did cannon fodder, which is literally battle Pope. It's like, it's it's drawn by Chris Weston as well. Really? Yeah, for real. Ooh. Uh, and it, it's like, what if, you know, he's a he's the Pope, but he's kicking ass at the same time and he's got guns, <laughs> cannon fodder, because it's C-A-N-O-N. Do you get it? Amazing.
0: Wow. Wow. I got to tell you. I mean. It's really bad. And
2: then, of course, he did American Jesus, which is being made into a show by Netflix, I found out this week.
0: Ooh, of course it is. Of course yep. it is. Yep. Yep. That's uh. Oh,
2: Black. Well, he like... had that one idea. He's carried it through for all these years, and he's Whoa. finally got to get made.
3: He's got. Oh he's, got he's got. No, I mean, ideas. no, I mean,
2: literally. I mean, Savior gets recycled into Cannon fodder. Gets recycled into chosen. Gets recycled into American Jesus. Like that one idea. He is. crazy.
0: I see. Life so you're saying he has decades, one idea, no. not just he has only one idea. No, 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 no. He has. He he's, he's, he's got like he's, four he's two ideas. Two ideas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. To be fair.
1: That's like eighty percent of contemporary comics writers.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: oh, I just have something I can't say on the on the podcast, but I'll tell you afterwards, Jeff.
0: Oh dear. <laughs> talking,
2: talking about Mark Miller. Talking about recycled ideas. I have something to
0: tell you later. Man, this that's a segue. Weirdly <laughs> enough. I'm so glad that you guys kept coming back to it because I saw a post on Twitter that made me think, which is someone had taken a shot from one of his Netflix comics and said, like, I'm fascinated Mark Miller has a dead giants trope. Like, did you guys ever notice this? That, like, in why well, his... Galactus kills
2: in Civil War. Mm-hmm. Well,
0: that's that's what I was actually thinking of. But it's, and then I think there's the big, the big desiccated remains of Galactus in the in the FF run, right? Oh,
2: yeah. Doesn't Goliath get killed in the Authority? The Goliath analog gets killed in the Authority as well.
0: Uh, I think that's. I th- I'm almost certain that's the case. Yeah, but, but uh, apparently I mean, having big corpses, like desiccated corpses of giants pop up like all throughout Miller's work. Look,
2: Quentin Tarantino's really into feet, uh, And <laughs> Mark Miller is really into giant men being
0: killed. Ex- exactly. A you, kind of a
2: you're sl- such a face on right now that I'm very concerned about what you're gonna say that. <laughs> oh good. Don't get us sued.
1: I no I can't talk without doing that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the podcast, Chloe. Yeah. <laughs> Hope you survived the experience. <laughs> it was so hard not to say. <laughs> Chloe, I did want to ask you though. What like kind of what's your what's your comic book origin story? You I, know? In, in ten minutes, because then we're gonna start buzzing. Oh, oh yeah, that's true. Like when, I don't know. when did you first start reading them and how? And like when what was the, it like a kind of like I'm into oh this kind god. of moment, that kind of thing?
1: Uh the first comic I can remember? Mm-hmm. Oh god. Uh, honestly, probably some of the old, uh, I remember reading an old issue of Deadline that my uncle had with Tank Girl in it.
0: Wow. And that explains so much.
1: I know (laughs) (laughs) it all comes back to this.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That is a much more literal comic book origin story than I was expecting. Yeah, that really does.
1: No, Um, but there's There's that no i'm my my uncle, my uncle Tony used to collect a shitload of comics, and he still has some like truly incredible, really, really old just tons of long boxes of them, uh, but he used to let me read them every time I went over to his house and he brought me to see my first- co- comic book movie, which was Hellboy, the first Hell- Hellboy movie oh, uh, yeah, and it all just kind of got started there, and then I just became a big fucking nerd. <laughs> it went downhill yeah there you um,
0: go that's the that is the that comic is book trajectory person. yeah
1: he let me read like we three when I was like 12 and oh <laughs> God. it was it was like it's about puppies and kitties Yes, yeah, seriously <laughs> and it will break your heart forever I came back crying do you want can you have this back and he's no. like sure, do you want to read the filth of, like <laughs> <laughs> Get ready for therapy, therapy.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: I see. So so
0: kind of blaming the uncle then in that regard, which I yeah. think is sensible. Yeah.
1: Huh. Yeah.
0: Okay. So, and so I guess in that sense, that's sort of part of the, hmm, how do I put it? Like you were, you you kind of started in the deep end of the pool and then it just kind of got, deeper from there i suppose
1: i god if that's what you consider the deep end jeff well i mean
0: maybe <laughs> not the hellboy movie but right? I, I guess mean, so you know like really obscure generally. yeah it, that's what Especially in the US.
1: i guess my uncle's just a weird dude he used to just go to germany and bring back pokemon cards for the hell of it and be like here kid you can't read them but there you go
0: that's nice you have like yeah. German pokemon cards Or had. It's okay if you still have them. But I'm like...
1: I don't know where they are. (laughs) I like that you seem
2: thrilled that she might still have them. You're like, it's okay if you still have them. It's fine. Like, I'll buy them all of you.
1: Oh, no. The kid would have destroyed them by now. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) But, But no, I mean... Yeah, I guess that's kind of where it was. It's nothing like... No, no deep, meaningful story. I was just like, oh, a lady has shaved head. I'm probably gay. This <laughs> is.
0: <laughs> That's a really good story, though. She I'm has seriously. split boobs
1: and likes to hit things. Me too. <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay, so I now I'm curious. How would you get from that to like, because you're into some, like, your, your collection is wacky as shit. <laughs> there's, there's only one way to describe your comic collection, which is genuinely crazy. Jeff, (laughs) I like to – this is what we're sharing. I like to, when I'm going to the bathroom, just grab a comic to read. Mm -hmm. And I discovered through this process that she has three copies of a random issue of Peter Parker, (laughs) the Spectacular Spider-Man. And when I say random, it's not like – it's not even a good issue. It's not an important (laughs) issue. It's it's not it's nothing. It's the origin of the rose. Do you remember the rose?
0: <laughs> Isn't that like the guy with the mask and the yeah? Yes. And he's got a yeah. Yeah. He's got a
2: purple mask and a white suit and he's the Kingpin's son. Yeah, and she has three copies of his, his origin <laughs> issue. Three That's
0: awesome.
1: Okay, so... no, I have an explanation for that though. The explanation I ho- I... is for for a long time
0: I could please be speculation. Please <laughs> One day the rose is gonna be made. You're you're like, That character's coming, I had a hot tip and let me tell you,
1: It's for the same reason I got excited about Polka Dot Man being in the Suicide Squad trailer. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Oh, he's so depressed, this is great Like no, I have I have a whole bunch of these random like issues from the 1960s and they're all in this dirt poor state. I no, about, I'm talking it's about the like, the really old, No, I'm talking about the really 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 old shit that you I know, have. You know, you and weird they're weird. all in dirt poor shape. Oh, and it's yeah. because mm-hmm. the longest time I couldn't afford to go to comic shops and buy stuff cuz yeah. I was dirt poor, but I would go to like estate sales and stuff.
3: Oh there's that so Uh,
1: uh, where, wherever it would say like comics or anything like that in the newspaper, I would go to my folks house. I would check the newspaper and I would go to these estate sales Mm -hmm. and I would spend like five bucks on a giant long box of comics. And there would be like stuff from the fifties through the eighties in there. And I would have gotten them all for five bucks, but there was like, there were people that had multiple copies. Also,
2: also three copies of Spider-Man versus Wolverine from the 1980s.
1: Yeah.
0: (laughs) Okay. So listen, I just want to say, Chloe, that so far in the last five minutes, you have not only confessed to your first comic book memory being, you know, a relatively obscure British comic, but then followed it up by the fact that you have three copies of The Origin of the Rose (laughs) from a dead person. So like right off
1: the bat, you are This is so on brand, Jeff. <laughs> <You don't... laughs> this is we're right on track. We're right where we need to be as far as people getting to know who I am. Okay. I'm about to say, like,
0: that is absolutely fascinating in in, in the in somehow the it is it is simultaneously very cool and let's face it, very sad at the same time. Like it's a <laughs> it's 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 kind of perfectly it's perfectly split it's which again really i think does make you the perfect comic book fan in that regard you know what i
3: mean
1: oh i'm thinking about Is that that a compliment i think it's bordering it's bordering
0: (laughs) bordering on a compliment yeah i think that's i think that's that's basically my conversational style sadly um Okay, but yeah, well,
2: she, she's got, cool. like, original issues of, the, like, the Kirby New Gods.
1: Mm-hmm. And, like,
2: oh my God. Uh, Oh, You've got, like, 60s deer in Oh, there. yeah,
1: those are some of the best. They're so good.
2: Uh, but also, like, you know, utterly random shit, like, three issues of Peter Parker. Like, <laughs> <laughs>
0: Which is great. I mean, it I'm sort awful. of, part of me is, like, I have to say, back when I was, like, trying to, you know, buy comics on the cheap, it was always, like, you know, two issues of, like, some horror anthology from Charlton Comics, you know what I mean? Like,
2: Oh, yeah, 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 you you get that, you get, um, oh, what was the other publisher that did similar shit and, and was really, always looked like Marvel Comics, but was always disappointing when you opened them?
0: Oh, Atlas. I mean, Atlas. Atlas, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I, I, I remember
2: I kids, like, buying stuff, being like, it looks like a Marvel comic, and they'll be like, what's, you know, what's the cougar? Oh, it's an Atlas comic. This is terrible. This
3: <laughs> is Like,
2: the best Atlas comics are all like really bad 1970s fill ins of Marvel comics, you know? Yeah.
1: But then you get to, then you loop back around and you get a little bit older and you read them and you go, oh, these are terrible. It's so fucking good. Like, do you remember someone paid a
2: lot of money for Atlas comics? What? Someone bought the Atlas comics copyright and it was, they spent an obscene amount of money on it. That's
0: right. And they went to
2: relaunch it. I can't remember who it was now.
0: Uh, it. You know, I remember you breaking that story and, and everyone just being, like, shut be and despair. Yeah, being like, why? I don't, yeah, why? Yeah.
1: Weird. I don't enough, mean to be too rude, but how how off your tits do you have to be to, like, spend that much money on no. Atlas Comics and then go, this is going to make me so much money. This no, is going to be great.
2: It. That was it. They did. They bought it purposely because they were like, well, this is going to make me the new Marvel. Oh, right? boy. I was just like, <laughs> there's so many reasons why that's not true like yeah, well, so many. Yeah, Bless so many. their little yeah, heart.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. But, uh, yeah, weirdly <laughs> enough, Atlas Comics came up when Steve Englehart was on the podcast too. Remember that? <laughs> oh my god!
2: Did Hibbs bring it up as well? Because that'd be great if every single I, time we have a guest on, we'd end up
0: talking about Atlas Comics. Actually, I, I gotta tell you, I've gotta hunt up the episode and, like, go splice it in so that Hibbs is kind of <laughs> blustering around so like, and is like... And he's like, Atlas Comics! Yeah, exactly. It's gonna be my bad imitation of him, you know, <laughs> so he's like... Yeah, I'm telling you, I've had enough of Atlas Comics. And I'm going to blah, blah, blah. <laughs> just so we can get it in there for, for I all also the guests.
2: Love, I love your actual Bright Hips impression there. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I know. <laughs> it was not a million miles away from your Stanley impression. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to think that my Stanley impersonation's a little more on point. but
2: okay, yeah. Well, yeah, I'll tell you right now. We're coming up for an hour, which means we're going to start buzzing. But Jeff, please do your Stanley impression right now.
0: Ah. Uh... This isn't it, by the way. Like I'm, I'm sort of like uh, uh, okay. Like what? I don't know. I'm just sort of.
2: Kind of I love of your sudden impression. Okay.
0: <laughs> it's his final days, Graham. It's my final days. <laughs> <impersonation. laughs> so cheap. Excelsior, true believer, where's the bathroom? Excelsior, true believer, who who are who are you? Where are the doors? Excelsior, true believer, I I seem to have misplaced my pants. Um is What of this? Hell is
3: is this
1: I'm sorry, Jeff, but was that Stan Lee like via Fire Island? Because <laughs> that was very like that was Hello True Believer. <laughs> That that actually
0: Excelsior! was <laughs> Excelsior Excelsior believer. I'm trying for the Paul Lynn thing. Circle gets the square. Uh... <laughs> nailed it. <laughs> anyway.
2: And we're back.
0: Indeed we are.
2: Indeed I'm we are. I'm doing I'm doing the NPR voice. <laughs> I'm leaning into the microphone. You know I've done I've done public radio, right? Like, uh... did you... I, I, I've been a guest in, on OPB, the Oregon Public Radio Station.
0: I knew that. Were you asking Chloe?
2: No, I was asking you.
0: Oh, yeah. No, no, no. no. I remember you telling me when you when you made it oh, like, I, it's,
2: like It's funny just leaning in and making jokes about public radio. I was like, and suddenly. Because the funny thing is, when I was doing that, mm-hmm. the studio was so dark, Jeff. Mm-hmm. Like, it's one of the darkest places I've ever been in. <laughs> and I think that's why they all whisper, because they're all like, I don't want to wake anyone up. That's it's great. time.
1: I'm here for the old timey radio. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's great.
1: Hey, There's two kinds of people.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's right. The two <laughs> kinds yeah, of radio people are a 1920s radio. <laughs> I, I, I have to say, I'm with Chloe on this one. So <laughs> that's. Uh, I, speaking of quote unquote comedy, um, do you guys want to talk about Bogeyman? Um, yes, we do. Yeah. Yes.
2: Yes. 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 <laughs> Jeff, I sent you the the magazine issues of Bogeyman, right? Which are the only ones that are available digitally.
0: That's right. And it, it's called – so it's called a – Return to
2: Casablanca, it's called.
0: Yes. Bogeyman Return to Casablanca. Now, did you – Did I what? Read them. Yes.
2: I'm super curious what you think. In part because, I'll be honest, it's the weakest of the Bogeymans
3: mm-hmm. to me. Oh, By far,
0: okay. Because let me tell you, I do not have the context, so I was kind of hoping, listeners, when we were thinking about this episode, Graham had mentioned that that uh, he and Chloe were reading the various bogeyman uh, adventures. And okay, uh, so
2: let me let me give you and the listeners and uh, some context here. Yeah, the Bogeyman was an independent comic created and owned by John Wagner and Alan Grant, the 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 Dread writers, in 1989.
0: And Robin right. Smith was Robin and Robin Smith, Smith and, Robin and Robin Smith. Smith. Okay, are, yeah.
2: right. Mm-hmm. Um, they did a four issue series for a Scottish publisher called Fat Man Press. That was. V- I remember being incredibly irregular. Like, I remember being like, issue one, and then three issue three months later, maybe there's issue two. And then, like, a year later, there's issue three. Like, it was very irregular. Um, then, Fatman Man Press, it set all but went under. They probably did go under, to be honest. Um, and Bogeyman reappeared in Toxic, which was the 1991 rival to 2080. That also featured Pat Mills and Kevin's, uh, Kevin O'Neill's Martial Law. Right. It had stuff from uh, Mike McMahon was in there. It's These days, I think, best remembered for being the place where Wagner and Arthur Ranson's Button Man was supposed to run mm-hmm. and didn't.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, Button Man was created for Toxic and then got turned down by Mills. Really? Uh, because Mills. Yeah, because Mills. Right? <laughs> um... <laughs> And So so Bogeyman ran there, but the first Bogeyman strip that ran there was not drawn by Robin Smith. It was drawn by Cam Kennedy. Right? And it only, it only got halfway through the run. And then Smith complained because he caught on the character and didn't know that Cam Kennedy was drawing it.
1: <laughs> and then you go through and read, like, the Cam Kennedy... Uh... Stories, which he also painted, he also watercolored all of them, and oh. then you feel guilty. You feel like absolute shit because you're like, oh, fuck, so much better though. Mm-hmm. Like,
2: it's like sadly exactly They true.
1: are astonishingly beautiful.
2: Mm. Uh, and then, so then Smith did another short story that ran in Toxic, and then Smith redrew the Cam Kennedy material which was then republished by Atomica. If Mm -hmm. anyone remembers Atomica, which was the British version of Tundra Mm -hmm. in the early nineties, then the two Robin Smith series were collected by DC in the mid nineties. And then it finally came back for the series that you read like 10 years, 10, 15 years later Mm -hmm. in the magazine. Mm -hmm. And the magazine one is, is far from anyone involved's best. <laughs> we shall say. Um, but also, far from the bogeyman's best. I'm biased. The bogeyman is Wagner and Grant at their most Scottish. Defiantly so. Uh-huh. And also, there's a mental asylum called Spinbinny that he escapes from, that the, the, the character escapes from. Oh, I should say, the setup is he's a, a, a lunatic, he's, he's a, a, a mental asylum escapee who is convinced he's Humphrey Bogart. And also looks like Humphrey Bogart. Mm-hmm. Um, but he escaped from the lunatic asylum that isn't my hometown. <laughs> it's in Greenock. It's where I come from. And so that makes me impossibly happy every single time I see it. But it is, it is really, you know, there's a bunch of Scottish in-jokes in Dread that they both do.
3: Uh-huh. But
2: the Pokemon is just the Scottish in-jokes. Mm-hmm. That's basically it. <laughs> So, you know, even in the one you read, which, again, is far from the best, the plots are absolutely ridiculous. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, it's the the one, the the final series centers around uh, Mm -hmm. the kidnapping of a a band from, I think it's Albania, Uh, who were forced to make shortbread to sell to tourists. And that's that's how the gangsters are going to make their fortune. Right. And that is kind of, that is the tone of all of the (laughs) plots.
0: Well, so, yeah. So let me ask you, because of course, this one was centered around the gist that, that, I mean, and this is part of the thing that I find kind of weird and sort of confusing about the bogeyman series is he doesn't think that he's Humphrey Bogart. He thinks specifically that he is Rick in Casablanca, yeah, that's that's played by Humphrey Bogart, right? I
2: think that's it's, different from the earlier stories.
1: Yeah, it's very like Maltese Falcon, yeah, Casablanca. He
2: he thinks he's different Bogart characters, and in other in the other versions, in the other series, I should say, he blurs them together.
0: Okay, so
2: right, it's, it's not that he always thinks he's a specific Bogart character. Okay. he just draws like threads from various ones.
0: I see. I see. Because in a way, part of me and, and was kind of like, oh, I could almost be down with that. And in a way, it almost made sense for me of like they started with the Casablanca one, and then they never got around to doing it. And so eventually, they were like, well, we we've got to do this, and we you know managed to sell 2000 AD on on letting us run it there. But and then they, I spent some time being like, okay, so what were the previous bogart movies if you aren't going to start with it but instead it's more of this weird amalgam yeah
1: Uh, yeah pretty much
2: it's basically the idea of humphrey bogart versus any character right yeah
0: yeah
1: it's the it's the basically just a riff on the hard-boiled detective sort of jail. i mean the guy like one of the one of the first stories is him going like hunting down a turkey or something because he thinks it's part of a black market scheme
2: (laughs) oh because he's Yes. That's, that's the Maltese Falcon, yeah. look, right? It's a turkey. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah. But that's that's the way it works. It's literally it, he imagines himself as Humphrey Bogart for someone who's basically, and this is not canon. This is just like me sort of explaining it. Someone who has never really paid attention to Humphrey Bogart films, but might have been mm-hmm. drunk when they were on television.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Right. So the thing that's weird about the Casablanca one is it's very much tied to one film, which the others aren't.
0: Mm-hmm. So, so I, I'm getting a little bit of me feedback in here that wasn't happening before, and the only reason why I mention it is if the goal is to get me to speak less, good job, it's working. But I'm also thinking that it's – do you guys know what might be causing it in case um, you want me?
2: I mean if you didn't if you didn't get it before, then I don't know what to, We've not changed.
3: We've not Can changed change anything.
0: Okay. Well, it now seems to have stopped. So whatever it it was, maybe it was just my internet connection. Don't know. Anyway, so, so you, now, have either of you guys seen, uh, play it again, Sam? Is that what it was called? You know, the Woody Allen play turned movie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. mm -hmm.
2: Years ago. Yeah.
0: Uh, So... Which seems to me, and I think that's probably part of why the bogeyman always seemed like kind of um, weirdly unnecessary. I guess. Like, there, I think, <laughs> it, I just sort of feel. I was wondering. I'm like, is is it the generation gap? I mean, I'm a, you know older than you both, and I'm like, is it just the fact that I really did grow up during the '70s when we were trapped with I'm, bad Humphrey I'm Bogart impersonators?
2: I'll answer this and then Chloe can answer this because we're like we we both have very different experiences of it. Like I read it when it was initially published, I am Scottish, you know? But one of the things that is works for the Bogeyman for me is it's not really about the Mm Bogeyman. It's Wagner and Grant being absurdists and honestly just getting to do lots of basically making a comic out of their in jokes. Like the, the the Humphrey Bogartness of it all is really minor for me.
3: Okay. I mean, in terms okay. of appeal,
2: but what
1: about you? Yeah, no, I I mean it's it's basically the same reason. Obviously, I'm not Scottish, but
2: uh, no,
1: uh, no, I could do a mean Sean Connery though. <laughs> oh, <laughs>
2: you're you're saying got to do wanna, it, got to do no. it.
1: so but I think that I th- I think it is basically that though, like. Uh, Clooney the 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 bogeyman the the main character mm-hmm. is is not so much the focus it's all of the ridiculousness that falls around around him and his delusions mm-hmm. because it's kind of like a sitcom right like oh the only way the chaos ends is when they catch him and bring him back to the looney bin and then it starts all over again mm-hmm. and it's it it does have that kind of like sitcomish um, aspect to it but also it's it's a weird marriage of that old uh, hard-boiled detective kind of talk mixed with the really, really like unique Glaswegian patois. Like, uh-huh. you're, it's it's this this marriage of things that really just shouldn't exist, and that makes it all the funnier. Uh-huh. But there's, but it's also Wagner and Grant who. Treated, like have written some some seriously incredible stories together, mm-hmm. but also tend to lean a little bit more serious. And I think that this was almost like Grant allowing Wagner to be like, Nah, man, let's just lean into it, lean into it, just be a goofy bastard. Like, and <laughs> and I think it works in their favor because Grant generally is the only is the one that lends his humor to Wagner in their combined stories. And I think that this was. I think that this is, this was a chance for both of them to riff off of each other in equal measure.
2: And, and it, it, even in *Return to Casablanca*, which again is not the is you know by far the weakest, in fact, of mm-hmm. the stories. Things like I love the shortbread plot. It's absolutely ridiculous that the villain's scheme is literally just make things for tourists and sell it to them overpriced. <laughs> and the only illegal part of it is that they're doing it by kidnapping people. You know, like that's funny to me. The the what's his name, Rab McNabb? hmm the, the singer, <laughs> whose, whose entire gimmick is... I'm
1: off the drink. Yeah, he
2: got sober, and now he has a career. And the, the story is just working to get him to drink again. Mm-hmm. You know, like, stuff like that is funny to me. I'm off like, the drink now. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah, his tour is called Off the Drink now. <laughs> right? <laughs> um, and that's, like, that's, what, that's why the story works. It's really not the Humphrey Barker character. He is the... He's the, he's the plot engine, right? Yeah. He's the MacGuffin of it. And it's everything else around it that works for me.
0: So do you guys, uh, and because I've only, again, read the, the final and the weakest of the three, um, do you guys as Dreadheads see how it, does it shed insight into Wagner and Grant on Dread for you?
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I think that it almost, especially during that period, during like, what, 89 to probably 92 or so, like,
2: um, 89 or something was where they split up. On so,
1: yeah, so it was it was kind of a wacky period for for Judge Dredd, right. And for that whole for that whole period of their writing together and for Wagner's writing period. Mm-hmm. And I think that it almost acts as an outlet. Like, you can see where they really are not working that hard at the story during a period where it seems like they were really trying to pull stuff out of their combined asses when it came to to making Dread continue rolling along.
2: I mean, if you think about the fact that the series started more or less contemporaneous with Necropolis, or the -hmm. the the aftermath of Oz and the build-up to Necropolis where dread becomes much more of a serious strip
3: mm-hmm.
2: it's almost like boogeyman is where they went to be dumb huh. right because before you'd have the you'd have the one shots and dread which were like broadly comedic yes right yeah. and then they kind of fade mm-hmm. you know and, and grant even starts leaning into like remember john Cassavetes is dead in dread oh yeah but like like both of them are like okay we're, we're writing weighty stories now and it feels like the bogeyman, especially that first series, is where their, their silliness went to. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, I, as much as, oh, God, the racism. Oh, so much. That, that Wagner and Grant indulge in, mm-hmm. in this era. You know, as much as that exists and as much as that makes me cringe, I love Wagner and Grant being silly.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: I, I think it's fun.
0: One thing that did strike me, sorry, did I step on you, Chloe? What were you going to say? No, go ahead. Uh, One thing that did strike me about it was uh, again, just having read the the last segment, is that it reminds me of how much um, I guess the humorous side of dread comes from silliness, but also a lot of farce you know a yes. lot of like taking a lot of disparate elements and then sort of throwing them together and having them all kind of ricochet off each other you and know?
2: ramping it up right it's not just one ridiculous element there's yes. three ridiculous elements all of which make each other more ridiculous exactly right and the, the bogeyman does that even in this even in return to castle mm-hmm. it's something where you have multiple I mean silly running jokes mm-hmm. which ramp up on upon each mm-hmm. other mm-hmm. to create a more and more ridiculous situation yeah and I, I think that I think that's the way that they write
1: well it was uh if that was around 91 too then that means that Wagner was also writing Al's Baby around that period
0: <laughs> your beloved
1: Al do um... you know about
0: Al's Baby <laughs> I I Vaguely remembered okay. it, yeah, and okay. And boys, <laughs> step off the microphone, yeah, and talk please,
1: Louie. You're forward. in for a treat, or not? It's so Wagner and Ascarit did this story called Al's Baby, which essentially is Al, who is a mobster, and he has his girlfriend, who is the daughter of his mob boss, and Long story short, he wants to have a baby and she doesn't want to carry the baby. And there's this really nifty procedure that makes it so that biological men can have babies. And so Al, instead of killing himself, as as the other option seems to be, uh, decides that he will carry the baby. And so it's this mobster uh, carrying out his mob duties for his mob boss while also very pregnant and his – cohort sal who is also a momster is basically acting as his midwife the whole time so there's layers jeff yeah there's layers <laughs> and like don't get me wrong i'm sure that if you dig like just under the surface it's a deeply problematic story but i mean just just it again it's another story during that period where he was clearly trying to put his dumb somewhere and but it's just smart enough where the jokes, like, are, uh, you know, he, Al's trying to to whack somebody, but he can't because of his morning sickness, you know, and and st- stuff like that. The jokes pile up, and then the baby is born, and the baby is automatically a mobster. He's he's the little devil, and all this stuff, and he knows how to shoot a gun. <laughs> it's called blood on the bib, Jeff. <laughs>
0: Okay, Chloe, I feel there's some important questions to be asked here. And one of them is, and I apologize, but do you prefer bad comics to good comics? And and and, and or... Three
2: copies of The Origin of the
0: <laughs> No, Graham, I've read that issue. It broke my heart. Um, no, I mean, I think I remember it vaguely. I remember thinking like, oh, he's the Kingpin's okay. son. That okay. explains here, so much. Here.
2: Here is a detail from that issue, which is genuinely great. Oh, no. The guy who's trying to talk him into becoming the Rose gives him a leather mask. And the guy goes, but it's just a leather mask. How am I going to make this scary? And he goes, why don't you dye it purple?
0: (laughs) Was was that during the Sal Basima era? No, sadly not. Sadly not. Oh, that's a shame. The Kyle Baker inks it. Oh, that's great. Yeah,
1: Bakery. Does, does a beautiful well. job doing it. You that's why I have three copies. Fuck you. <laughs> yes.
3: Absolutely. Wait, the yeah. you... line
0: of spider is it up,
2: Peter Parker? I can't remember. <laughs>
3: anyway, <laughs> anime, go. You know... Do you like bad
1: comic oh, comics? Oh no, I I do you you do, do like You bad know, comics? I do like bad comics, but I also like I I don't know. I like to laugh. I just like laugh. Like comics are <laughs> comics are a good escape for me and I can appreciate I can appreciate a good like serious comic and there are tons of comics that have made me like actually physically cry you know just very emotional but for the most part i just want to i just want to have a good time man life's okay. hard enough okay i'm here for i'm here for the camp you know right. i've it's like i've i've reread like justice league international approximately like 75 times just because I can't get enough of what a shit Guy Gardner is and <laughs> all the bad jokes and I would I could watch nothing but Blue Beetle and Booster Gold stealing John's Chacos for the rest of my life and be happy you even oh. remember
2: fake name for Oreos yes. yeah man oh my God.
1: Chacos
0: that's impressive <laughs> That is impressive. Okay, so so fun stuff, and admittedly, sometimes the bad stuff can be fun, and and definitely, I'm not. I, how do I put it? There's there's stuff that's just that's fun because it's bad. There's the stuff that's fun. There's also the stuff that's bad. Good. Well, yeah, and and I guess that's where I'm trying to split the difference. Like, there's the stuff like Owl's Baby. One of the things that I find fascinating <laughs> about some of British comics uh, that I've read is how close they are to being a total car crash, but aren't, you but know what I mean? But that's joy of it. That's yes, agreed. No, 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 no.
1: I mean, absolutely. That's, that's kind of like the heart of British humor, like half the time. Oh well, no,
2: there's also stuff like Harlem Heroes, right? There original oh, Harlem God. Heroes is a mess, is terrible, but somehow stays on the right side of, like you keep reading, in part because it is a car crash. Mm-hmm. It literally, when it becomes inferno, but, it, like, there's, <laughs> but there's also, like, it, there's part of it where it is, it's so close to just going bad, bad. Right. But, but it doesn't, and you're just like, I'm, I am obsessed with this.
0: Right. Like, so, like
2: it, it's nowhere near being reprinted for multiple reasons, but whenever Rebellion starts reprinting Doomlord, Jeff, yeah. I will get, I will, I will make it my mission to get people <laughs> to read Doomlord. <laughs> Because Doomlord is at once the laziest idea for a comic ever and simultaneously the greatest idea for a comic ever. First of all, he's called Doomlord. We know you're already excited,
0: right? Yes, absolutely.
2: What if Green Lantern and the Martian Manhunter were the same guy, but they were here to judge and destroy humanity, but then they decided that humanity should be saved, and so they had to deal with other Green Lantern, Martian Manhunter matchups? Okay. Right? Yeah,
0: yeah.
2: It's terrible, and yet it's absolutely amazing.
0: Yeah. Well, that's...
2: Also, it started as a photo comic.
0: I was about to say, wasn't he the mascot for one of the titles, oh, no. or no? No he, no,
2: he was just, like, in what? He was in he the was Eagle. just a Fumetti. Yeah, yeah. Because Eagle started in the... Well, the second version of Eagle in the 80s started as a Fumetti comic.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: mm-hmm. Um, and so you had, you had so many... Almost great, yet let down by the fact that Metis are inherently terrible. Yes. Uh, but the concepts were also terrible. So you had Doomlord, which was great. But you also had Sergeant Streetwise. He's he's a policeman who's done with the kids, Jeff. And you had Joe Soap. He was a detective who has, I'm not joking, no gimmick. Mm-hmm. Um, you had Mannix, who was the $6 million man, if the $6 million man also modeled for Topshop. Uh, like, you had all these, these sort of wonderfully static, terrible things. Oh, you had Thunderbolt and Smokey, which was a Wagner Grant soccer strip. Wow. About two two kids learning to be soccer players together.
0: Wait, was that, but, did that start uh, as a Fumetti? Yes, of course oh, it did. Lord, okay. Yeah,
2: no, they, they were all terrible. And I don't think any of them will ever be reprinted because the, the rights issues are terrible. <laughs> right, because there's models. <laughs>
0: <laughs> right, oh yeah. Probably nobody signed any contracts whatsoever, yeah. so... Uh,
2: which is a shame, because some of this stuff is great, and some of this... I mean, Doomard is genuinely great. Mm-hmm. Doomard, again, is Wagner and Grant in, like, the early 80s. Just, honestly, churning out shit as fast as they could get paid.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And it's genius. Mm-hmm. It's it's such trash. It's the same, like... You know when we were talking about Dread, and it's... it's What, did we watch on television last night? Mm-hmm. Doomard is 100% that Doomard is... We had a couple of bad curries, and there was like Invasion of the Body Snatchers on. <laughs> like, like, some someone bought an alien mask. Let's go. Right. Right.
0: Huh. Well, actually, it's like, what did you get? Know, the energy of Rome. It's, part, part, part of why um, I tie it back to Bogeyman a little bit is part of what I kind of liked about Bogeyman: Return to Casablanca is it had a little bit of that. You know, what were they watching last night? on TV kind of feel, but not just the Casablanca thing, but sort of the, um, I got kind of a weird, like, it's a mad, 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 mad world sure, kind right? of vibe. You yes. know? like yeah. there's, there's, there's sort of that big, sort of silly sprawling farce thing that you get the sense of that they were, that they're genuine fans of, you know? Yeah. And, and,
2: and at their best, they're good at. Right. And again, like return to Casablanca isn't their best by far. But like Bogeyman as a whole, it's just—it's annoying is too strong. But like, I'm frustrated that you could only read the worst of them. Well, because I, I, I mean, think if you read, I think if you read all of them, uh-huh. you see that like Bogeyman as a whole, genuinely, has this lost work of, of greatness for Mike uh-huh. and Grant, and something that's weirdly central to understanding them as writers. Uh-huh. Uh-huh.
0: I, I mean, I can see that. I. I... I enjoyed – I did – it's It's not like it was utterly unenjoyable. It just was interesting how much it felt like reading Wagner and Grant uh, in slow motion. You know, like it just really felt like – even with them doing like kind of a a fast farce, you know, it just – I I had I think it's only fifty six pages, but I think I read it in two sittings, and I yeah. felt like it had just been going on forever. <laughs> the first time I read it, I was like thirty pages in, and I'm just like, it just somehow seemed kind of like endless in a, in a way that um, well, it's
2: it's the it's incredibly meandering, right? Right. There's there's no real sense of
0: dynamism. Well, I mean, part of it is is the way that the everything is set up and structured and building, but I I also do think that like these are all creators who, you know, it would have read very differently if Return to Casablanca had been crafted when they were quote unquote in their prime. Yeah, yeah, like, oh, yeah. Well, that's
2: just it. Like this is the 2005 version. Imagine reading them. Again, 15, 20 years earlier, of doing we'll that. See, that's here. it. Yeah, twenty years
0: right. earlier, fifteen years earlier. They're almost like entirely different artists. They're rec- yeah. they're still recognizable, mm-hmm. but but just working in a very different vein. And Robin Smith is um, impressively British as a.
2: He's he's very pedestrian. Let's be perfectly
1: honest. It's, it's not that he's pedestrian. It's that he's really static. And that's OK. It works. But again, the and Com- and, yeah, yeah. and people I, are going to call thing. me a dick for it. But if you look at the Cam Kennedy pages, you're going to be like, oh, man, kind of missed out, though. Sorry, yeah. Robin.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, I get it. Well, again, there's something that that is I mean, there were bits there were weird bits and pieces like I really do. I, I don't. Not tracking Smith a lot, but Smith strikes me as very much in that british artist black and white tradition very um like realistic in in kind of a drab way, you know what I mean like kind of that way that um uh I don't know you sort of the like you can see you can draw a clear line like oh, I see. Not necessarily the Ron Smith influence there, but the same influences on, you know, Smith are also inherent here. You can see like an an Ian Kennedy Smith
2: uh, influence Mm -hmm. on there. You can, you know, you can see, you can sort of draw lines between like Robin Smith and Chris Weston, I think, Mm. right? Because they both they both take an influence from Frank Bellamy. They both take an influence, you know, from from that. Earlier era of comic art. Yeah. It, it's it's being a bit bitchier than I mean to, but like Robin. Yeah, Smith you was, are. I've not even said it yet. <laughs> it, uh, Robin Smith was the art editor of 2000 AD, and I always think that he draws like an editor.
1: Oh, oh that's a really good way of putting it, though. Yeah, yeah. 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 I'm sorry, I called you bitchy. <laughs> You were that, right. That's fine. My how oh, the turntables. <laughs>
2: Jeff, Jeff, I want to pivot now. Well, apart from, say, Boogeyman is apparently like a rights issue disaster. I apparently, because I've, I've more than once asked people, like, why haven't we never seen a Boogeyman collection? Mm-hmm. And the answer is you'd have to get everyone to agree to publish it and that's never going to happen, which wow. is a shame. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was, uh, like I said, in the 90s, DC under the Paradox Press imprint mm-hmm. did a collection of the first two series. And people should look for that in secondhand bookstores because it's fucking great. Mm. Like, legitimately, for people who have liked the comedy stuff in the '80s, dread,
3: mm-hmm.
2: I genuinely think it's something they should hunt at. Because hmm. also, it's the best of the Rocky Mountain material.
0: Well, yeah. yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. You know, so so that's it. But I do want to pivot
0: because Jeff, yes,
2: did you watch Kong versus Godzilla or Godzilla versus Kong, whichever it's, it's called?
0: No. No, and it kills you, me you that it talk happened. About
2: this. Oh, Jeff! No, I know, I know. This.
0: It's it was supposed to be last night, but then I worked those stupidly long hours. And the you're thing missing is,
1: out on Chonky versus Monkey.
0: Chonky, he Chonky, he Monkey. Yes, yes.
2: I Thank was you. I I wanted together, to Jeff. discuss it because I suspected we were going to form like three points of a triangle about it. We well, not. So we can't do it.
0: I don't know. I mean, if one of those points is utter ignorance, um, I, I can cover that. I can cover that really well. Okay. So um, we watched
2: we watched it on Thursday. We watched it on day of release because, of course, we did. But also because one of the two people in this room, and it's not me, was very excited about this film. Okay. I also liked it a lot more than I did.
0: Okay. So I want to roll things back because because I have to say. I know already which side of the, the argument I'm going to side with, and it's not the person who got the release date wrong. It was – wasn't it on the 31st? Wasn't it Oh, Wednesday? it was Wednesday. It was
2: Wednesday. Yeah. You're totally right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay. Because I was the tracking this so, shit.
3: That's all. <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. Okay. So so if I'm under – if I'm parsing the Macmillan-esque subtext, uh, which should have been the name of my college band. Graham, you didn't like it much, and <laughs> Chloe, you did, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. All right, I, so. I
2: didn't, I didn't dislike it, but when I say that it was Batman versus Superman, oh yeah, I mean it was it all it all but missed Kong <laughs> and Godzilla going Martha.
1: Okay, oh, it was no. You seen, seen they that, have that joke going
2: kind of around missed. online but though, don't right? To, but like, I need
0: to want them to actually say it. They don't really have a Martha.
1: Yes, moment. they do, no. and I, I will make you watch it again,
0: <laughs> dude. Dude, it's it's the isn't that the joke that was going around on Twitter where someone was like, you know, protect Mothra, and it's like, why did you say that name? <laughs> That's oh such goodness, a good I joke. Love that. Yeah, I, that. I love
2: that. <laughs> anyway. um, it, but but one of the things I did like about it, and one of the things that makes a bad movie, mm-hmm. is it is a movie that has that very clearly knows that all that anyone really wants to see are the giant monsters. Yeah. And so it speeds through plot mm-hmm. and exposition with abandon in the start. <laughs> like, it's just like, okay, Skull Island, it's fucked up. Everyone died. They all left. It's fine. King Kong, he's been captured. He's in a big biotome. Just never fucking mind. Okay, also, there's this new organization and they're probably shady. Let's just go. Where's Godzilla? <laughs> it and really it's
1: perfect. Yeah, no, smart. like, no, like the I'm I'm he's he's not really exaggerating all that much. The first 45 minutes are basically like don't actually care about any of the people. Where's the monkey? Where's the monkey? Fuck Millie, Bobby Brown. Nobody gives a fuck. Monkey. lizard, <laughs> Monkey. Yay. Like
0: <laughs> I'm I'm into this musical recreation of the first That's 45 nice. minutes, I have to say. Oh, yeah, it's
1: amazing. Oh, you missed the jazz hands that went with it. I have to say,
0: I heard them. I did hear them.
2: Also, I hope you heard that there was actually different positions for the
3: jazzheads
2: for (laughs) Lizard (laughs) Monkey that she did return to. She was dedicated. No, but it's it's like it's genuinely impressive and also terrible that they really are like okay, in order to make this happen, like in order to because it's a it's a Marvel team up film, right? Right. Mm -hmm. It's they fight and then they team up. Right. But in order to make the fight happen. They have to jump through so many hoops that even the film doesn't care about.
3: Yeah.
1: Yeah, but that's but that's what makes it fun. And it's you know, I, I I saw uh, I saw this really wonderful critic uh, that I follow on Twitter named August talking about. She was saying that uh, uh, like this is the movie that CGI was invented for. Mm. And I firmly stand behind that. Like, who gives a shit about the breathing people that are in the movie? Right. Like. It really does. It, even it, the film doesn't. Yeah, even the film doesn't care. And the writers of the movie are very, very aware of what people wanted because they also saw Godzilla 2014 and were like, oh boy, that was a mistake and let's yeah. fix it. Yeah,
0: <laughs> which is good. I really, as someone who sur- survived bitterly disappointed through the 2014 <laughs> Godzilla, were that's you, exactly did what Did you was. like King of the Monsters, the sequel? Uh... You know, maybe I, I'm trying to think. There was a sequel to it, right? That's right. Yeah, and no.
2: it's, it's the, it's the it's, one that's come off every every other month. Yeah, author.
0: yeah, yeah. It's not great. It's not great. I mean, my thing is, I've I'm I just Kong Skull Island. Exactly. I knew yeah. it wasn't going to be Kong Skull Island, but as long as it was not as bad as the first two, like I, it's kind of for me, it's like Kong Skull Island. The trailer for the 2014 Godzilla, then <laughs> Godzilla 2014, and then the original. Or no, wait, wait. Maybe it's the second one. What year did the second one come out? Maybe that's the one. I'm 2018, 2019? 2019, 20, 2019. Yeah. yeah, yeah, That's the sorry that that's the trailer that I'm talking about because that's the Claire de Lune. Come to think of it, I think both Godzilla trailers are better than the movies because those are anyway. So yeah, so you're <laughs> saying definitely better than the trailer, Chloe. Graham, you're like, it
1: was. Uh, Graham is like, I don't like joy uh, or fighting monsters. And then we shun him and start our own podcast.
0: (laughs) (laughs) The coup is complete. I got to say, I figured it would be happening 10 minutes later and it was going to be me (laughs) being deposed. But I knew it was coming. So, I mean, I'm giving myself partial credit.
2: I was planning to do you and me were going to spin up a podcast about Below decks. <gasps> Below Jeff, decks. Remember, did I tell you about Below decks? Have we talked about this in the podcast yet?
0: No, I don't think so.
2: There's a reality show, Jeff, called Below decks, and you know I like trashy reality shows. Yes. You know about me. Oh
0: wait, don't this is the cruise, that. the luxury
3: cruise people.
0: This who don't the luxury cruise shit. one, right? Yes. You did tell me about this.
2: Yes, it is. It is the show that just makes you want to burn the rich. and as <laughs> touch it. I mean, Jeff.
1: It does a remarkable job.
2: It, it really is. It's a show that makes you go, I guess all rich people are shits. Wow. No no rich person comes out of this show well. Not one. Not say, one. But I nobody
1: nearly as much, nobody nearly as much as the guy who clearly has a milkshake fetish. He was my favorite. <sighs> There's this guy that comes on and he consistently brings women like 20 or 30 years younger than him And then he demands milkshakes 24 hours a day and makes them all take their boobs out And then he's like, can I have another milkshake? I want to watch you drink that milkshake with her And I was like, oh man, we should be friends, dude You're weird as shit
2: She's not joking, joking. this guy like orders milkshakes And then he's like, I want to see both of you drink from that one Different straws, like for real (laughs)
1: That Icon.
0: sounds amazing, I have to say.
2: <laughs> no, but like, the show is full of these fucking weirdos. Are that, or they're like obsessively like cruel. Like, they'll call people, they'll call the, the staff up and they'll be like, why did you serve me this food in a bowl? It's what poor people eat from. Like, someone says chicken is what poor people eat at one point. <laughs>
1: right?
2: Like, they're cartoonish
1: villains. Somebody somebody actually used the word pleb and wasn't being, like, a joke about it. And they also weren't from Victorian times. I was about to say,
0: you guys happen to know what the cast of Reno 911 looks like, right? Like, this isn't, you're not being sold sort of a burning love kind of faux.
2: Stunning. It's a stunning show. But what's also great, because we like, we both like trashy, trashy reality shows, is that everyone who works on these boats is without no with sorry with two exceptions and we've watched to my shame like seven or eight seasons of this now but there have maybe been two people who have not been dedicated to making literally the wrong decision at any given opportunity.
1: My personal favorite out of these are the ones uh, are are the full grown ass men. Uh, in particular, who get on there and they're like, Yeah, I've been in a relationship with my girlfriend for about three years. We're really happy and they show a picture and she's super cute and they're super cute together. And then he meets like one of the stewardesses on the ship and they meet after like two days and he's like, I don't know, man, I feel a real connection. I think that I think this, this is gonna go somewhere. And Graham and I just scream at the T V the entire time going, You just fucking met her and <laughs> <laughs> But, the, also, but also, what about your girl? Three years, three years for six weeks of pussy? Please calm down. Yeah. Because they, they literally say things like,
2: I think this is true love. I've never known love like this. And we're like, you've known her for one day. <laughs> one day, what is going
1: on? You are 32. Please stop. Yeah. Seriously, <laughs> or, that sounds a lot. Or, of... the, or the people
2: who say, like, I've never gone without sex for this long. And they're like, how long has it been? Like, it's been two weeks.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and we're like, why are you real? How, how, how is this happening? How have you survived?
2: Yeah, it's, uh, it, is, it is such a joy. But I'm, again, we've watched like eight seasons <laughs> in like three weeks.
1: I just dream about boats now. Oh
2: my God. Yeah, oh so we're God. doing a spin up podcast where we just talk about that. And everybody
1: yeah. has, like, half the people have South African accents, uh, which is also my other favorite thing, because every time uh, somebody, every time a white guy from South Africa shows up, Graham's like, oh, he's going to be racist. <laughs> and it,
2: it, it turns out, that if I see a white person, with <laughs> I expect them to talk about apartheid. Because I grew up in Britain in the 1980s, where it feels like I saw a lot of, in fact, the only South African people I ever saw in there were white, and they were talking about why apartheid was a good thing. Right. And this has, like, left something in my brain. (laughs) Like, these people are showing up, and they're nice people.
1: And he just, he's like, oh, strap on, this is the one. And I'm just like...
0: I bet they're
1: fucking race. And that Strap In. It's nice. So, <laughs> That's
0: well, there's, there's another meaningful... Wow, This these show notes are going to be amazing <laughs> to write up, I got to tell you. I Chihuahua. Wait, so, we were, wait,
2: we were talking about Godzilla and, and Kong, and we completely, completely... <laughs> no, no,
0: no, 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 no. Let's not go back to Godzilla vs. Kong. <laughs> I A, I haven't seen it, but of the two things I have not seen, that clearly you guys are both enjoying describing that i kind of don't believe really exists this is the one like this is the one where i'm like okay
2: this is genuinely genuinely like there are many reality shows in the the television network Bravo. all of them are terrible Mm -hmm. like and i say that someone who loves top chef and project runway with too much of a passion Mm -hmm. but is probably the greatest shitty reality show they've ever done because it somehow includes all of the, like, class, subtle class warfare aspects and everyone making the worst interpersonal decisions imaginable to humanity.
1: The, okay. I know we can't just talk about below decks, but I will say this right now. they These people make for three days, like, the, char, the charters last for, like, two days, right? right? So there's two days of these awful, shitty, rich people on the boat. Yeah. And they get paid. No, no, they get tips. They get tips. Not even paid. And each person, like, they split the tip evenly. And each person on this crew makes out with, like, no less than usually about $1,500 for two days of work. And I'm like, I will be sexually harassed so hard Mm -hmm. if you pay me $1,500. Right. Exactly. Right now.
2: (laughs) Like, they, they end up adding up all the tips at the end of each season. And they're like, these made $18,000 for three weeks of work.
1: And the majority of it is, like, these poor, poor young women, like, having to fetch drinks for people and then be sexually harassed by, like, middle-aged divorcees. And, and I'm like, you know what? I don't have dignity left anymore. I'll do it. I will yacht and I will be <laughs> angry at the rich people if you pay me $1,500. That would be so much better than sitting in front of my fucking computer in my pajamas all day.
0: I know. I know. It's, uh, I agree. I agree. I mean...
2: So <laughs> I, I, are is you too Wants to be sexually harassed by middle-aged divorces?
0: I, well, okay. First off, <laughs> what I'm saying... Don't threaten him
1: with a good time.
0: <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I was about to say, I'm like, Graham, that's pretty much my job. That is my description. <laughs> that's... I guess I really just didn't make it clear how much of when I have a long day and it's rough... It's doing this work and it's being called Sweet Cheeks and Honey Hams the whole time. Honey too. Gams? Honey Hams. Honey, Ga- oh,
1: Honey, Honey,
0: Hams. Gams. Honey Gams is better, actually, because it actually <laughs> is a compliment. Honey <laughs> Hams.
1: We're is... back to the old timey radio thing. Yeah, exactly. It's a Honey Hams uh, Radio Adventure Hour. See? <laughs> hey there, Sweet Cheeks. <laughs> <laughs> Bring me some of those quality honey hams. Honey ham. Now on store at your local piggly wiggly for $1.95. dollar ninety five.
0: Oh, this is good. Uh, you we're we're walking out of this with so many spin-offs, I oh, have to no. say. Uh wow. I really I'm trying to think I feel like I feel like there has to be trigger warnings for this particular episode. <laughs> like I I really feel for our regular listeners. I think I hope they'll enjoy it, but I'm I'm still,
1: I'm really sorry, everybody. (laughs) You've been
0: great. You've been great. Uh, It's just, what's interesting is, is such a, it's such a, it's such a, it's such a reminiscent dynamic of, I guess, Graham and I, but it's also very markedly different. It's very strange. (laughs) It's, It's 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 three dimensional chess, which is to say, it's like teasing in three directions instead oh of God. two. So three dimensional
2: chess is one hundred percent the name of the episode. Oh, you're right. jot okay, <laughs> <there> you <laughs> that down. We'll you don't even need to edit this one, Jeff. Just put it out with those. And uh, no, show, show notes are just like I don't know. Something happened. Uh, so let me done... tell you, people. <laughs>
1: Lizard monkey song at. <laughs>
0: 123 lizard monkey song um jazz hands jazz hands i have to put the gif in uh, where's the shit there was there okay so where's the kong where's the love kong v godzilla there was below decks i feel like there was something else i was going to ask Nope, it's gone. Okay, it's it's. I don't think think
2: we we did Suicide Squad trailer very briefly, and that you thought it was great, and we also thought it was great. We did Marvel Diamond, yeah. We did Bogeyman, we did Godzilla Kong, we did Below the because of course we did. Goodness, Um, I think that's it. I mean, good. No, no, no.
0: (laughs) I mean, I I think we hit the big points. I do. Oh, you know, there's other things, dude. There's so many things. The DC Universe. Uh, oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. D- is that it? DC Unlimited. I don't know what the fuck are they oh, called? the. Oh, round robins. There's there's the, the round robins. The story like kill your precious darlings. You know the 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 the, the yeah the slay battle thing.
1: The, the so, March
2: Madness that you start in the last day of March.
1: Whoever yeah. didn't choose the Edda candy story woke up and chose violence that day. What Yeah, man? But- Justice League queer? Okay, that, no. You can't even get me started on that. That shit makes me want to vomit.
0: Yeah, so, (laughs) great. This is what I was hoping, because I feel like there was a lot of very strange stuff happening with that. whole set slew of decisions, not not least of which was um, there were pitches that, depending on how you look at it, were either incredibly pandering or incredibly tailored to an audience that the DC seems to be in the habit of not tailoring themselves to, I guess. Is, does that sound fair? Or I, that think, I think that's
2: fair. I made a comment on Twitter that I thought there was going to be like a last minute reveal, but they're like, we're publishing them all! Right. And I've, I've been told by people close to this project that that is not true. Huh. That, that, that there is no there is no bean switch planned. so it's it
0: is the genuine those that win win no win. is it is so is it do they do it bracketed so the idea is that you end up
3: with four winning pitches no i believe i believe you win up with
2: you win one one thing will win wow wow um, it is my understanding and i could be wrong but it is my understanding that All of these are real pitches, Mm -hmm. but all of these pitches were created knowing that they were going to be put into this contest.
0: Oh, I see. I see. So, interesting. Which honestly might explain
2: some of the pitches.
0: Oh, I mean, I pray to God that there's someone who's been pitching an Etta Candy series like that, you know, every year for like 15 years and this is their shot, you know, but.
2: The format of the contest is really weird. Right, so they basically release the titles and a logline. Yes. And people vote. And then I think the next thing they do is they release artwork. And then I think, like, the round after that is when they release creative teams.
0: Huh. Okay, so so there are creative teams. Because I did, I yeah. thought that I read that that those were going to be involved, but all I saw were the, the titles. The titles and, the loglines. and loglines, right? Yeah. Right. Mm
2: -hmm. Well, it is, and again, I might be wrong. I think what happens is when there is a winner of a bracket and they advance, something else gets revealed, Mm
3: -hmm.
2: right? So you're not going to get to, like, you're not going to, so say, and I honestly don't know who's working in any of the books, so I'm throwing out names, you know, expecting to be wrong, but you're not going to say that, you know, the Edda Edda Kennedy comic is Scott Snyder, and then he gets defeated the first round, Right. Right, so you don't basically get to embarrass the creators who had the, the the ones that got knocked out, I mean, they
0: got lost. Well, but it's so oh, so that it's so that by the time the creators come out, it's more or less down to the last few Four or then, something. Yeah, yeah. So I think I think, I think that's the
2: way it's working. Okay,
0: so huh. it would it would be terrible if like the one where I'm like, oh, that's the one I really want to see is like. Wait, Ethan Van Skyver, that sucks. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs>
2: like Scott Lovedale and Ethan Van Skyver oh, doing God. Justice League queer? Like, that's the part where like, I <laughs> it's like, I regret it.
0: Exactly. Really,
1: I have really weird feelings about the Justice League queer thing. Because yes. there's part of me that's like, oh, I mean, yay, good. Mm. But also, I, I can't help but think, like, imagine being like, you're going to do the JLQ book because you're gay, because you're a big old queer. Like, first of all, Oh boy. But, no, but secondly, I feel like it's a consolation prize when you're making a voting thing, when there are so many people within the comics community that desperately, desperately want no more diversity or inclusion to be in their superhero teams. Mm-hmm. So if you're pitting it against, like in this case, it's being pitted mm-hmm. against the Robbins book. So, yeah, of course, shitty, like bigoted fanboys of DC are going to pick the Robbins book. Instead of like a, a book that could possibly be really, really brilliant and also include some like more canonically queer characters, but I think pitting it against that and holding it up like a stuffy as a carnival prize is is kind of shitty. I agree. It's saying, hey, we're thinking we're thinking about you, but not enough that we're just gonna do it. Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah no, I, I think I think there's a problem, honestly, with a bunch of them because there is at least four things in there that I would read. Oh yeah. Right. Like, there are, there are ones that are just kind of great. There's also ones that feel like jokes. And I don't mean that in the, like, the, hey, good comedy. Like, the, the ambush bug thing feels like a joke.
3: Mm-hmm. It
2: doesn't feel like a story. It feels like, oh, it's ambush bug, but it's with multiverse of ambush bugs. Sure, that's not actually a series. Right?
0: Right. No, it's a mini series, clearly. Which is No, but, like, it's not even too like
2: a miniseries. It feels like a one-page gag, Right. And honestly, the Eddie Candy thing, I suspect, could also play out as a one-page gag, but there are other things that are that could be a series or a graphic novel or whatever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a shame that, you know, and there's, what, eight projects that I think they, might, they listed? Mm-hmm. Like, it's a shame that seven of them will probably die.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Right? Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. It, it's... It... It's, it uh, it's a weird idea. It's an idea that I kind of think they should have started marching called a March Madness and it would have had more of a hook for want of a better way of putting it. Sports! No, but for real. Mm-hmm. Like, because it's a March Madness bracket. That's what it is. Um, as, And so it's odd, but there's there's some good ideas in there. Well, and, you know, but Graham,
0: it's also good because it's called Round Robin and, and it's the same thing where it's like you get the fans to vote who to kill and then you blame it on them
2: it's you decide
0: it, it, well, it's death in the family right like that yeah. The... Mm-hmm, yeah so death in the family
2: except no one had come up with the page where robin lived again
0: <laughs> exactly we don't have to worry no one ever drew a page of hysteria the last amazon or whatever um did anyone read these and have guesses as to who might have been the creators behind some of them? Because some of them seem a little, um, I mean, I, I i myself was sitting there being like, that seems like a Steve Orlando pitch. But Is that or, just Justice Queer, by chance? It wasn't I've necessarily Justice
3: Queer. Yeah. I,
2: I, thought, I thought JLQ was Steve Orlando. I, I'll be honest. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, beyond that, like I didn't particularly have any, any like guesses for creative teams. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, we'll see at some point we'll learn some of the creative teams. Right.
0: Yeah. Although not, like you said, not, not the ones that lost. So we'll never necessarily know unless they out themselves.
1: Oh, I hope they, I hope the, the creators, even if they lose, like, I hope that the people that put in their bids can speak up and be like, yeah, it was my idea. Cause then maybe like I
2: I, I, I pitched this semi-jokingly to DC, but someone should write an article about this this whole process. Like I'd love to see the pitches.
3: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
2: You know, like I, I, I think there's I do think so. But then and this is like another quick like piece of DC news: the cancellation of the New Gods movie. I'd love to read the script. Oh
0: yeah. yeah. That was the other piece of news, right. Not just, it was the New Gods movie and The and Trench. And
2: The Trench, which yeah. was a spin-off, a spin-off from Aquaman, yeah. Yeah. Which is But what really- was not Aquaman 2. Everyone seems to think Aquaman 2 has been cancelled. It's not. The Trench is a different film.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. So, so what's your take
2: on those things? I honestly don't know. It's, it feels very much like Warner Brothers being like, oh, we don't know what we're doing again. Interesting. Like I, I I I really don't know. I don't know what Warner Brothers is doing in general, Jeff. Like you've seen that, so they've got uh, every Warner Brothers theatrical release is on HBO Max this year, right? Uh, yeah. I. I but you, you've seen that in 2022 that's not continuing for sure. Mm-hmm. Like they've already announced that. Like that's that's done. They've done a 180 uh, about face and said if it's in theaters, it's only in theaters for at least forty-five days. Hmm. Even if it tanks.
0: <laughs> right.
2: Right. Um, so I don't know. I I think it's I I'm very sad. I honestly think I would have liked I'm not that's not true. I think I would have been interested in the the new gods film. I think there was a lot of potential for it not to have been good. And that's not knocking to Bernie or Tom King as much as I think it's just gonna be really difficult to make a new gods film. Especially one that would satisfy me and you Gods. But... Oh
1: God, yeah. Just just trying to sum up New Gods in in one film, I feel like would be either impossible or a little bit of a letdown.
2: But it could also have been great. Ugh, right?
1: But Ava DuVernay is is kind of a powerhouse director, so I I don't know. I was really bummed out to hear that the whole thing went belly up because that that could have been something seriously incredible. But again, Even if not, if, even if it wasn't perfect.
2: But again, I would love to read that script.
1: Yeah, me too. You know, like,
2: if DC wanted to release a book of that script with some art from someone, great. You know? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm kind of... I kind of don't see why they don't. Apparently, there's, like, extensive treatments for the two Zack Snyder Justice League films that will never be made as well, with Jim art already drawn for it. Like, release that as a book. That seems like a no-brainer to me.
0: Right. Right.
2: So... But again, they probably won't. I don't know. I'm I'm bummed by it, but I'm also not incredibly surprised, especially because no one has said anything about the new Gods film for a while. Well, I felt like a lot of other films people were talking about being like so and so has been cast or so and so has come on board, and it felt like nothing was happening with New Gods for the last like year.
0: That's, the, well, I mean, on the one hand, that's true. On the other hand, I and this is my problem is I really so stopped paying attention to movie news once covid really yeah, yeah. hit, and i just yeah. kind of feel like there was so much stuff that was kind of in limbo that i just sort of assumed that it made sense that they wouldn't be any closer to getting that lined up because if nothing else warner brothers had to figure out how the fuck they were going to make their tenant money back you know um <laughs> So so yeah, I don't I, I I am I'm not surprised about the HBO Max not doing the theatrical release stuff, you know, because I think they were kind of hoping that to to even make that work, they really needed to see like just a huge shift in subscriber numbers, and I I just don't.
2: I'm but here's the thing: Jeff. I'm super curious what HBO Max's subscriber numbers are, because. If everyone is to be believed, Mm -hmm. Falcon and Winter Soldier's first episode was the most watched premiere on Disney+. Mm -hmm. And that was still smaller than Zack Snyder's Justice League, which was not the biggest premiere on HBO Max.
0: Yeah, right.
2: And so if Disney's really happy with Disney+, and Warner Brothers isn't happier with HBO Max, but HBO Max has more people watching, Mm -hmm. like, what are the numbers? I'm super curious. Right.
0: Yeah, they they did release some sort of rough I don't remember if his exact numbers but kind of that weird like you know Za z- th- st- a,
2: th- a third party analyst released estimates oh okay. which is which is not the same
0: okay yeah yeah so uh yeah I don't know it's it's very strange to me but but that being said yeah the the movie stuff I'm The fact that they had to put that stuff back in the theaters, because if nothing else, the rumors that I heard, and I don't really know how true it is or if this was a shifting landscape, were that, you know, the Wonder Woman 84 people got treated very well in terms of the pot was sweetened for them to, to... put it on HBO Max that is not necessarily the case for all the rest of the filmmakers it's stuff. definitely true
2: for the Godzilla Kong people and I believe in people as well mm-hmm. I believe those were the three films that like really got the how do we make this work for you deal
0: right right which makes sense because they're part of huge yeah. type things so um yeah Jeff we're a one on one again oh are we but are you you're not you're not quite am I buzzing? You're not buzzing.
3: No. No. No, we're saying right?
0: good. So, um but yeah, the tr- the the also the trench is crazy to me because I'm just like yeah, why? Why would what? you Well, I mean, I feel like maybe we're saying different things cuz you're like why was that even a thing? Whereas I'm like that was that was a James Wan horror movie. Like, why would you walk away from that? You know what it I mean?
2: Because I, th- I think the same thing, I think it's probably what's going on with New Gods, which is they don't know what to do with DC, but they don't want to have D- DC seem so strange and out there a, a brand.
3: Uh, maybe that's it. Right. So
2: I, know, I, do- I think New Gods was going to be absolutely wacky as well. And I think they're like, well, we don't want to scare people off of DC. Because everyone's still everyone's still looking at Marvel as like the shining light, right? And Marvel films are exactly the same thing all the time.
3: Yeah,
0: well, true, but, like, I feel like, didn't it seem like Zack Snyder's Justice League was the thing that got everyone paying attention and more or less talking about, kind of, like, essentially how weird and, you know, not a cookie-cutter product it was, that was precisely what
2: but was But it's so, still a superhero film, right?
1: Well, oh, yeah. the, the bar looks pretty good two inches off the floor when it was on the floor first. <laughs>
0: That is, that is true, that's true. Things have been moved um, yeah. slightly. Yeah, uh, slightly. yeah. It's a, it's a, It was definitely, definitely some strange, strange news for DC it's, it's, and Warner. Yeah, it's, and,
2: it's, it's been a strange, it's been a strange couple of weeks for news, really.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. And then I feel like there was, was there any must read, had to read? It came out this week, last week, kind of thing we should wrap it up
3: but pardon me, yeah
2: I, just I i, one genuinely, like, like, I could,
0: like,
2: i've read a bunch of stuff but the only thing i could say that i've read recently that or like seen recently that is must read isn't even out yet which is the hershey collection from 2008 AD, which is the end of the summer uh what,
3: what
0: the which collection the who what hershey oh right
2: formerly, formerly hershey. chief judge Hers- hershey who is no longer a chief judge mm. uh, rob, rob williams and simon fraser is that his name yes mm-hmm. Uh, did a spin-off of What Happens to Hershey, and it's great. Mm. It's really, really, really good. And that I think is the closest thing to like a must-read.
1: Yeah, I've. I mean, it's nothing new. I've been rereading Rob Williams again. And I've been reading his Suicide Squad from a couple of years ago, and that's about it.
2: And that's oh, really good.
1: Yeah. Oh, it's so fucking good, though. Ugh.
2: <laughs> you're you're kind of upset. And like,
1: is. I'm ridiculously upset at just how good it is because I dropped off of being interested in Suicide Squad for quite a while. And he was like, oh, you really should read the War- Rob Williams one. You love all of his dread stuff. I said, yeah, you're right. I jumped onto that. I was like, well, fuck me. Okay. I guess I like Suicide Squad again.
0: Right. And this was this was the stuff that started yeah. off being drawn by yeah. John, Jim Lee and then yes, Lee was yeah. off after 12 or something like that. Oh, Lee Lee's off after like six issues.
1: And then everybody cheered. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I think that's about yeah. accurate.
2: Uh... This is this is all DC Universe blundering, right? Like, what have I been reading a lot? I've been reading a lot of 19, like late 1970s, early 1980s Batman. Ooh. Why? I really don't know, but it's very fun.
0: That's great. Any particular uh, creative team or run on it's there? It's like Len
2: Wein and Jerry Conway as writers and like Don Newton as artists.
0: Nice. Is that I've just,
2: just come on to like the Gene Colan era of artists. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right and that's just like beautiful stuff Jingle and Inked by Klaus Johnson is really good
0: oh yeah isn't that good stuff right
2: <laughs> yeah. what have you been reading Jeff
0: uh, you know I, I gotta say what did I the thing that I read that I thought was um, that came out this week that I thought was pretty darn good is no surprise um, Beta Ray Bill issue number one by uh, oh, it, it, Daniel uh, Warren Johnson. Yeah,
3: Daniel
2: Warren Johnson. Yeah, it's yeah. probably great. I'm
0: yeah, glad. It, it's it's really just goddamn pretty and very uh, idiosyncratic. And what's fun about it is the way in which it sort of um, it's just it's it just strikes me as a very strange looking comic. Very unique and and in a way that summons up how incredibly great uh, Simonson's arrival on Thor was you know but it's also but it's also very very different I don't as someone who hasn't really tracked uh, Thor or beta-ray bill I was kind of shocked that that beta-ray bill is kind of the Charlie Brown of the Thor universe kind of like that's not really how I remember the character so it's a little strange to see him that way um,
1: I call I... him Bojack Thorsman <laughs>
0: <laughs> he kind of acts like it in this issue I gotta say I gotta say like one of my favorite quotes is like it's on the on the last page so spoilers everyone but like His his uh one of his last I guess it's his next the last page is his last line of dialogue to Thor is I'm going to make myself beautiful again, and I'm like, that's oh no that's as the kids say that's a choice (laughs) I I reread um
1: the Buffalo Bill
0: the the (laughs) finale of uh. Jack Kirby's Captain America and Falcon Run collected in The Swine, which was on sale for stupid cheap, so I bought it, And despite any reasons why I shouldn't ha- actually have to spend money on that. And I have very mixed feelings about the first two issues of Radiant Black, which um, we'll have to talk about some other time, in that it is... So 70 to 80% of what I want from a superhero comic and 20% to 30% of what I really do not want from a superhero comic. That's actually like the,
2: the proper ratio these days for comics.
0: Yeah, it does, doesn't it? It's kind of hmm. So, uh and then and then there there is a book that I would trash talk if we had time, but we don't and it's just as well because I <laughs> kind of Oh do my gosh, so you're def-
2: you're definitely going to tell me afterwards. i we're going to talk about this episode.
0: Yes. Uh,
3: yeah, next
0: <laughs> oh, that's so sad. It's like yeah, Jeff Jeff manages to to keep his 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 vow to himself for all of one episode. Uh, so should we just go to closing comments?
2: Let's let's, let's do closing comments right now, everyone. Um, first of all, I'm trying to look up when we're doing our next episode.
0: Ooh, maybe we should make them Chloe Zing comments, and Chloe can do them. Ah, uh? uh? Close, I would like to point out right in now that comments.
2: That, that, no, that's not going to happen because I'm the one who's going to say that next week we're doing a drop. And we're doing uh, Case Files F, F, F volume 23 question mark. Okay. Oh, I, God, I'm, I'm so
1: sorry. I have
2: literally lost track of the Case Files we're doing. So I'm looking right now. It's going to be Case Files 24 we're doing next time. Oh, everyone. Thank okay. Um <laughs> Thank God. I love that. Yes, next week we're doing a drug, and we're doing Just Red, The Complete Case Files, Volume 24. Um, in the meantime, you can find two notes for this episode on weightwattpodcast.com. You will not find anything on the because it's been a long time. But I did put stuff up on instagram.com forward slash weightwattpod this week. <laughs> Visit the year 2020, as seen in the year 1989, where tennis is all new. You're looking at me so confused. I'm
1: just you did the Instagram for the kids.
2: I did the Instagram for the <laughs> kids. Um We're on Twitter at Wait Podcast. Jeff is on Twitter at Lazy LazyBast L A Z Y B A S T I D. I'm on Twitter at Graham M at G-R-A-E-M-E-M and Chloe is on Twitter at
1: Punk Rock Mom Jeans.
2: Now you have to spell it.
1: Oh. Rock <laughs> with rock with no C.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's that worth works. knowing because it throws you off
2: um yeah and otherwise we're a Patreon supporter podcast so jeff take it away
0: hey everyone um i'm suddenly ran out of gas really really (laughs) really hard
2: what jeff's saying is we're on patreon and we're very very grateful for everyone who uh helps support us because it's it's ridiculous that you do that and we love it uh and we 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 do this out of love, we do this out of amusing ourselves, we do this out of seeing if Chloe can put up with us for two hours, and she did, which is honestly
0: kind of great. I'm
3: um, relieved, yeah. Right? I, who, who I, I'm a little
0: worried thought, that she's going to get off the podcast and she's going to be like, Ixnay on the FJ, Ixnay <laughs> on the FJ.
2: Um, Jeff, I'm trying to cover for you because you said you would run out of gas, and it was great. Come thank with you. Gas.
0: Yes, so listeners, you are great. Thank you for listening to this uh, episode. I'm so glad that we got to change up formats, and I got I got a chance to talk to Chloe. And there was Yay! there was much there was much three dimensional chess, and by chess I mean teasing. So thank you. Want to throw the shout out to Empress Audrey mean of the galaxy uh we're especially grateful for continuing support of this podcast and ye old galactic realm thank you so much uh Graham?
2: uh yeah we're done so this means all that remains is for me to go bye